Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 49 of our show. I'm joined this week and every week with my co-host, my man, my mellow. I always say host. (laughs) (laughs) I always add this weird thing to it. Anyway, Cicero Holmes, how are you, sir? I am doing host T fine. I guess I don't know. I don't know who knows what the hell I'm doing over here. I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm uh really excited for the show tonight, and uh, I'm excited with the with the guests that we that we have. And uh, man, you know, 49. We, we uh, we're doing we're doing great things, and uh, we've been recognized for them. Um, so that's awesome. And uh, how are you today, sir? Uh, things are good. Um, I had a really good week this week. We had some some really fun things happen to us in our show this week as well. So you'll you'll you'll, you'll know about those things too uh, yeah. if you haven't already heard right. the news. You probably already know, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second too. Um, but things are good. Um, I'm excited. All Star Weekend is about to be upon us, or it has already happened. Um, I should say. And I'm excited to for all that good stuff because uh, I love basketball. Yeah. In the words of uh, <laughs> Magic, <laughs> or, uh, Magic, Magic Johnson, Johnson. And, <laughs> and Avery Johnson and Avery Johnson, Avery Avery Johnson. You got yeah, so, you so. got to pass the ball, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited about all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's not bad. Dunk contest Your week was all right though. It was dope. Dunk contest was the best dunk contest in years. It was better than the the one that Vince Carter was in. Yes, yes. Oh man, that dunk that they did where he did the two flips in the air, son. I never thought I'd when see Dra- that. I never thought I'd see. Yo, that. when he dunked two balls and then picked up Drake and dunked him at the same time, word, it was amazing. Word, that was hot. That was hot. That was hot. <laughs> but yo, and shout out, shout out to uh, uh, what's his face to Greg Anthony for winning the three point contest. No doubt. This week. No doubt. I mean, it's coming coming out of in in a suit. In a suit. He won it. I mean, it just that's why that's why All-Star Weekend is the spect the best spectacle in in sports. NBA I feel All-Star bad that Weekend. I picked Greg Anthony too cuz he's going through all his legal problems, oh, but I, I was thinking about I, Yeah, you didn't hear about him in the whole uh picking up a lady of the night? No, no, cuz I I was too busy uh, reading about Warren Sapp, yo. Oh yeah, yeah it's so- it's it's a whole. But we yeah, we're not going to turn this into the sports show. But oh. it's but because you know what I, you know what I was thinking I was thinking about episode fifty next week, right. and that was his number for the Knicks. Yeah. But uh, and I, I guess we'll get all the sports stuff out really quick. You know, uh, um, uh, good lord, Anthony Mason, one of my favorite Knicks. Yes, yes. Uh, he he had a heart attack this week, uh, so we want to put some some good vibes in the air for he and his family because he was my he was one of my favorite Knicks. So we're not going to talk a lot about it, but you know I want to give him a shout out because I love I love I love that dude when he was playing for us. So Mace, Anywho, Mace, Mace in your face, man! Speedy recovery, brother. Word. You know, uh, shout out to Queensbridge. Word, so, word, and word. Yeah, so hopefully he's he's by the time. By the time uh, this comes out, he's doing okay, and maybe he's listening to the show. We love you, Mace. Word, Mace. Yeah. Get better, Mace. Yeah. Um, let's run into some house cleaning real quick. Sure. Uh, let's see. Mike Micah is the dopest person on the planet. Uh, it is known. Mike Micah is the dopest person on the planet in our universe, in our known universe. Yes. There are stars that we cannot see that he is probably still dope upon. Yes. 
<laughs> so uh, we want to give him a big shout out for being on our show last week and and repping for us so hard over the over the past year um and rocking out with idar which is doing really well he had a really cool stream actually that he was on um and he showed some new updates yeah. he showed some of the things that he talked about on our on our last episode uh so you probably will be able to find that somewhere on the internet maybe i'll, I'll drop a link in there somewhere on the show notes uh but Shout out to you, Mike Micah, for being just a dope human being and rocking out with one of the dopest games on the planet. Yeah, congratulations so to to Mike and to other Ocean, well deserved. Um, Word. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks for for all the gems as usual uh, that you dropped on us uh, and you dropped on Bracago and uh, you know um, you know uh, again also welcome to any new listeners that we may have. Um, yeah, totally. You know, from so, from those people who didn't know about us but knew about IDAR but knew about Mike, those people who didn't know about us and and heard about us from Jeff Kanata and knew about Jeff, um, and those people that found out that uh, we you know we we became part of a family. Anna and Jessica are now our sisters. Yeah, we have roommates now. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. We've 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 joined a statehood. Ricargo is a is a resident of ESNville. <laughs> I mean, you know the Electric Shadow Network. Um, right. We are ESN.FM. We are part of a of a network now. Do you want to go into details? Or do you want me to bust out details? I mean, you could bust you could bust the details out because all I do is ramble. So so yeah. So there was a blood it. there was a blood pact that was made. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I used uh, there was a certain dagger that I had to to put my hand over, the, and, and and cut myself over a, a stack of papers. Was it, was and, it the uh, Ajanti like d- dagger? It, it was, and then and then there was some blood and some oatmeal, and, <laughs> and then we became a part of ESN. Right. Coca Cola can, um, yeah, it was became a, whole bunch a of man stuff. and and danced out the ESN tone. That is everyone's homework. Is now you have to go watch the Golden Child. Right. You have to go watch right. the Golden Child to understand right. that reference. And but our brother, but, um, our brother Numsi is Moises Tulian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so, so we we had some conversations with uh, to, with Moises and 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 ESN um, a couple months ago. There was some interest shown about our show because um, I, I believe that he still thinks that our show was pretty dope. So, hence the reason why we joined <laughs> jo- joined the network. Uh, but there were some conversations going on in the background. It was like, hey, this may be a thing. Would you want to be down? And we're like, hey, this might be a thing. Let's let's be down. So we are now down. Um, the things that I guess you guys need to know, uh, and there's also a post on spawnpointblog.com, um, and it gives a little bit more details, but I'll, I'll run it down really quick. Is basically what's going to happen for all of our fellow members of Bracago. Nothing really yet, and honestly, nothing is really going to change on your end. You don't have to change any feeds. You won't have to resubscribe to anything if you haven't subscribed already. You'll be able to find us in all the usual places. We'll still be on Spawnpoint Blog. Uh, you will you will have an extra place to find us, and, and once that is up on ESNFM's that's uh, I'm sorry ESN.FM's site. Uh, once our feed is there and our page is there, you'll be able to go there for more dopeness as well. Uh, you'll probably be able to, to to hear our stuff in their master feed as well. So um, nothing really changes in that respect. Uh, but a little bit behind the curtain is, you know, it's kind of hard as a podcast to 
get into certain places that you'd like to get into. Um, being part of a network helps with some of that. Uh, and that's, that's just one part of the reason why we're in with ESN, uh, besides that they're dope and they have some great shows, uh, on their network. Uh, and we feel like that that's, that's the bigger reason of why we wanted to be down is like, we, we saw that there was some really good work on that, on that site and in that network family. So, uh, we said, why not? Uh, but that's also a part of the part of the process of being able to bring more content to all of you and bring more people that we want to have on the show. And it adds a little bit of uh, an extra level of legitimacy to to our brand in the way that we want to kind of share that out with you and the rest of the world. So give them some love uh, on the internets. If you're not paying attention to their shows, check, check some of their shows out. Night moves is great. Uh, Overtired is awesome. We already know unconsolable is dope because we have always talked about Anna and Jessica because they are freaking amazing. Um, So, so please uh, give them some love. And and again, I guess a big shout out to them as well for helping to shadow broker (laughs) all of this in mass effect ways. So, um, thank you to them as always. And thank you to, to Moises and crew, uh, over ESN for, for, for looking at us and being like, y'all are dope. So let's bring you guys on. So word. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've created, uh, the first official gaming hall of social justice, um, by joining forces with, with unconsolable and, and all of the residents of Ricago here with at spawn on me and uh man it's it's gonna be crazy dope it's gonna be crazy crazy dope um uh quick quick uh shout out to some of our listeners uh last week i asked about what games you wanted to uh what games you wanted to see come back we talked about it with with mike and you know mike had some great answers jet moto um, I had a great answer in Super Star Wars, and uh, Ka said some shit that nobody paid attention to. Um, <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout out uh, our, our our new buddy section section underscore twenty three on Twitter, who um, who had three really great answers for games that you wanted that he wanted to see returned. Um, Ren and Stimpy uh, on the Genesis, Boogerman, and Road Rash. Um, nice. Yeah, and then he had Blackthorn on the 32x, but you know, let's let's leave the 32x out of it. Um, also, uh, the Minister of No Finance, Sharif Jackson, said uh, he wanted Wave Race. He wants to see a new wave race. And I don't know if I want to see a new wave race before I want to see a new jet moto. So I also think he was drunk when he said, that. okay. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Tanya, the pass cypher of tear on Twitter. Uh, also creator of the, I need diverse games hashtag. Um, and you know, resident fellow resident of Bricago said she wants act razor. Uh, it was okay. It was That's pretty dope. Hard as hard as fuck, but rewarding. So, so uh yeah those are those are well I guess seven titles um that uh, <laughs> I was going to say three titles but seven titles that uh I wouldn't mind I definitely wouldn't mind seeing return um so that's that would be that would be cool thanks a lot guys for uh for interacting with us and uh you know everybody else 
I, oh, I've been I have talking two on Twitter. really quick ones to add to the, to the shout out. Oh, list okay. Because um, um, Cheese Gamer ninety two want to give a big shout out to you. You are now an IDARB stir. Uh, I saw I saw your name in the uh, new um, the new credits that are going to be in the update okay, for yeah, IDARB, yeah. which is awesome. Um, we snagged uh, new new brother uh, into Chicago, Brett Knight at Brabbit two four B R A B B. IT24 on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining Bricago and um thank you cuz we snagged him from uh uh the Kanata episode. Oh, all right. Dope. And, and also really really quick Tyler at Berserk on XBL. Thank you so much because he helped me out on Twitter actually the other day uh because I was crying about not being able to get my A50s to work with my Xbox One and he was like, "Bruh, I got you." And he found me some some info that was really helpful even though I wound up finding the one part that I needed like 20 minutes later. Cause I'm a dumbass. Yeah. Well, so. <laughs> that is also known. Um, and, and also promise last shout out, um, Aaron indifference and tiny and all those guys over at game enthused. Congratulations. You too now know what it's like to play. I and see your logo pop up. Um, yeah, in so the game, so, so uh, that's awesome. If you guys aren't listening to Game Enthuse, what's wrong with you? You should know, um, you know that uh, it's a great show, and that the wonderfulness that is Mike Micah and and our interactions with him would not have been possible without Game Enthuse. So that is yeah, absolutely that is the Mike Micah Bricago resident story uh, origin story. Mm-hmm. Basically, so, basically. So there you go. Um, Word. All right. Uh, now, uh, next up, it's Black History Month, and we kind of missed this. We we missed the boat on uh, on really kind of saying anything when when Mike was on, and and uh, and actually when Jeff was on. Um, but uh, you know, we want to make sure that at least the last couple of weeks we we do do the right thing. Black History Month. We want to spotlight. Um, one of the lesser known but equally as important uh, members of black American society and and really kind of let people know that uh, you should be paying attention if it wasn't for, you know, that black history is American history and uh, we should celebrate we should celebrate all Americans, but we should we should also celebrate even harder those that have been ignored throughout history. Um, and, and one of those people, um, this this particular week, we're going going to spotlight Garrett Morgan. Um, Garrett Morgan was an inventor who invented two very important things in American or in world history. Uh, the first being the gas mask, and the second being the traffic light. So. Um, you know, I would I would think that those things are, you know, well, a little important. Um, Garrett Garrett Morgan, born March fourth, eighteen seventy seven. Um, the product of the first generation of his family born out of slavery. Um, and uh, he he you know went on to he moved to Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, developed the traffic light, and he was uh, he helped save some guys that were underwater by with his invention of the gas mask. Um, 
He died in uh, 1963, July, and he's buried in Cleveland. So anybody who lives in Cleveland, you can go and check him out. Lakeview Cemetery, um, the age of 86. Um, Garrett Morgan, oh, also made some hair straightening products. He didn't like to go natural. He also made <laughs> a curved, he invented a uh, curved straightening comb with, with curved teeth. So you can make it, you know, keep his keep his uh, his his do right. So um, his do was never wrong. Yeah, his do was right. his do was never wrong, baby. His do was. And I want right. to. You got to give a big shout out to KRS One for this, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You must. This learn. is exactly. Yeah, because you must learn was where I learned of Garrett Morgan. Yep. So yep, that was the so first time big, I. Yep. That, actually, yeah, it was the first time I had ever heard of him. Uh, also, uh, Madden C J Walker made the straightening code. You wouldn't have known this if you weren't shown. Um, so and and you know actually, and that's important. Um, and and you know that's the thing is is the the reason that we're that we're doing it is so that you do know. And if you had never listened to "You Must Learn," then you wouldn't have known about Garrett Morgan. If I never listened to "You Must Learn," you still wouldn't have known about Garrett Garrett Morgan because I wouldn't I wouldn't have known about him, and I wouldn't have been able to 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 tell you. So. Um, yeah, so that's you know that's important. Go check it out. Um, and uh, next week we'll come back with some books that maybe that you can uh, use to do some research on your own. Absolutely, so absolutely. There you go. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about Garrett Morgan or traffic lights in general? Uh, no, not really. Nothing I can think of. Right. Not off the top of my head. Okay. All right. Well, that's, yeah, that's fine. I guess then what we should do. Is stop ignoring the third person in the room. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, this this brother that we've got here on the show um, has been around for ages and years, um, responsible for so many things, so many gaming uh, art that that's iconic. Most importantly, Volt Boy from uh, the Fallout series, but he was a member of SOE, Sony Online Entertainment, worked on Planetside and Planetside 2. He's now working with some guy named Cliffy B, uh, North <laughs> Carolina. Um, it, the boss, his new Boss Key Studios. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so privileged to introduce you guys to uh, Mr. Tremel Ray Isaac. Appreciate appreciate y'all having me on for real. So, can you explain and, and let the folks know at home, you know what you what you're doing at Boss Key? You want to give them a little bit of info and a little bit of background on yourself? A uh, little bit of background. So, 20, 20 years game development, going on twenty one in wow. May. Uh, been yeah. So it's been a long ride. Worked on games like Fallout, yeah. Fallout Two, Icewind Dale, Duke Nukem Forever. Planet side, Planet side two, and now working on the next big thing from Bosky, uh, which is currently codenamed Blue Streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have a name, but we won't be. We'll be announcing that. You can do it here day. if and, you want. No, I, can't do it. I can't do it here, dude. Trying to get me fired. <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> right, man. So yeah, I've been doing this for a while, and uh, it's been fun. Love, love every day that I have to go to work, and you know, actually make cool shit and get creative and hang out with fans and talk to people and do all that stuff so it's, it's awesome 
Dope. So I know I know you said that you worked on some of the uh, the Fallout series. Is it is it true that you had a really instrumental part of of one of the most iconic kind of characters that come from that series, the the Vault Boy? Is that is that true? Yeah, yeah. Vault Boy is basically I'm I'm the father of the Vault Vault uh. Boy. Wow. I was saying, yeah, father. Somebody else came up with the idea. Basically, I drew him and made him what he is today. So how did see? Because that's the thing. All right. So like, I am a huge Fallout fan. And I've been a big Fallout fan for a long time. And when I see that iconic figure, you know, the beauty of it is like, oh, snap. Now I know the person who actually made that. Does it feel really different knowing that people may not know that information? And you kind of you kind of share that right now as well. But do you, do you think that folks now, once they especially know that this is coming from you and that boss key is now the next place that you've landed, that that will not necessarily add some, some credit or credence to, to what boss key is doing? Because they already have a pedigree with the people who have already started working there. But that's just an extra extra thing to, to let people know that, that your stuff is dope and that the, the folks that you work with are, are, are super awesome and dope. Yeah, I mean, this is, like you said, it's, it doesn't take away from anything that everybody's doing here because everybody that's on staff has, like, they've got that kind of cap in their feather. So it may not right. may not be Vault Boy, but it may be that they worked on a billion-dollar franchise like uh, Modern right. Warfare or something like that. So everybody bring something to the table yeah i've got like some history that you know some things that i did like way back in 98 99 that just happened to you know stand the test of time um but that, i don't think that's any different than anything else that anybody else on this team has done we've got you know people work on some of the most iconic franchises like you know tomb raider series and in modern warfare and battlefield you know all of those things that have been you know basically in the news right. constantly and constantly breaking records as far as like uh, numbers, uh, you know, numbers of copies sold, or the amount of money made in a week, and right. all this other stuff. So this this whole company's packed with people like that. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. go ahead. Um, oh, okay. So uh, how 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 old is Boss Key and um, how how many employees? You know, how many? How big is the staff there now? We are currently about thirty. Okay. Mm. And uh, we've been in business for about seven months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, uh, okay. of that seven months, I've been here. I think uh, four. Okay. Dope. Dope. Was it? Was it? How did that whole thing begin for you with with uh, working with Cliff? Because I know I, I don't know how the inner workings of a of a move like that happens. Was that something where he was just like, "Hey, I love your work. Come work for us. You do dope stuff." No, man. I've known Cliff since ninety six. Not ninety seven. Ninety. 97, 98, somewhere oh, around okay. there. Oh, okay. I've known him for a long time. It's like this was back in the day before Epic was Epic what it is today. Right. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I was interviewing there, and I met met Cliff actually on an interview with Epic. Okay. And, wow. And uh, sadly enough, I t- actually turned him down. <laughs> uh, which, man, I could have been done with this shit. Man. Right. I, right. <laughs> sitting on a damn raft somewhere right. in the middle of ocean Push, somewhere counting my money. Pushing a Lambo but, with Cliff. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, no, it didn't happen that way. So I, I decided to take a different path. Right. And, uh, you know, we kept in touch over the years and saw that he was, you know, leaving Epic and doing his own thing. So I hit him up and then, you know, that was it. Dope, dope. Yeah, so I, I noticed I noticed the camaraderie and the kind of... Uh, I, the thing I kind of noticed and, and appreciated from the stream that I saw earlier today, because you guys are doing... Uh, is that a weekly stream that you're doing on Twitch? I think it's every other week now. It'll probably increase as we get more, uh, you know, more information out there. But 
yeah, right okay. now it's every other week. Okay, because the thing I really appreciated when I when I watched, because I watched the first stream when you guys did the first um, like weapon, uh, the weapon reveal, um, which is the the most of the things that you're working on as art director. Am I correct? Yeah. All right. So I, the thing that I really took away from that was like, you guys don't have a filter, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it's just what it's all about, man. We don't want, we don't have to worry about you know some corporation trying to shut us down. You know, so that's. Right. That's the, the 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 freedom of it all. We can say what we want to say, and you know, as long as it's respectful to, you know, the industry, then nobody should have a problem with it. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's funny that way because I was I sent out an email the other day, and I actually censored the title in the email. <laughs> and Cliff sent me an email. He's like, "Dude, don't censor your emails. Like, that's just." That's just that's dumb. good to know yeah, though. That's, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of awesome that you have that you have that leeway to just say I can say what I need to say. And, yeah, and, and, it, it, like you know, I had a conversation with one of my guys the like the last week, and I was like, "Look, man, just you know, he was trying to tell me something, but he was trying to be polite, and correct right. about it." And I was like, "Look, man, just just say it. Right. I'm not gonna flip out because you said something in in a different way. Right. You know, as right. long as you ain't screaming on me, right. I'm good. Just just say what you gotta say and just get it off your chest." You know, that way it's just, it's just a lot easier to right, deal with because right. you don't have to, you're not going to get the full effect if I try to pussyfoot around the mm-hmm. subject, you know? Right, right, If I'm right. really pissed off about it, you will hear it in my voice. If I'm like, well, I really would like for you to do, right. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you're not going to get like the, the gravity of the situation if I'm just like, look, man, this shit is not going to work. So we need to work on it. Right. I think I saw that in one of the and actually the stream that you had um you had one of the young cats I think that was working with you and you were talking about some of the um initial drawings and initial specs that you had out there and you were like dude don't noodle don't noodle that shit just keep going yeah. just make it happen yeah I mean guys guys getting to uh you know getting to and even myself I, I do it as well like you get into this rhythm where you you're just working on like a really small minute portion of the the object. And you're mm-hmm. not really paying attention to the big picture. And then, like, at the end of the day, you've, like, detailed out, like, the handle on the gun. And then the rest <laughs> of the, 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 you know, the rest of the thing is not even modeled out properly. Right. So it's still, like, in a gray block, but you've got this really high detail piece. Which means what ha- normally what happens in that situation is, like, that little, that's the, the best looking thing on the gun. And then <laughs> everything else is like, oh, yeah, I need to hurry up and get it done. Right. So, right, right. you know, I try to remind the guys you work in broad strokes and then you get to medium strokes, then you get to fine detail and then you're done with it. Just mm-hmm. keep, you know, keep moving through the, through the piece and don't like focus on one, one spot, you know, for too long. Yeah. That's dope. That's I dope. I can so, all right. Um, let me rewind a little. You've, so you've been in the industry for, for 20 years, for over 20 years. Um, yep you know it's 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 black history month um we are we are a podcast for people of color we're a podcast for everyone um but we're featuring and we spotlight people of color which of course you are and we are um what was what was the um the the hue of the of the industry when you when you started um you know two decades ago three decades ago oh. now yeah uh yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was basically a, a little bit less of what uh, you know the national uh, 
spotlight looks like right, you know right. <laughs> you know right now we were like 13 percent, so right, it was right. roughly about you know just as many black folks doing that you know in the united states as it was you know doing game development and it probably even like a little bit less mm-hmm. but um you know it didn't really feel like i had i had one particular incident where it, it was just a reminder that it wasn't basically it wasn't even Right. And we wasn't all on the even kill. Right. And right. um but other than that, man, it's always been like, you know, people come in and respect each other and, you know, have a good time, you know. Like that it was just that one incident right. where I had like somebody was like saying some shit that was just like, What? Did you just say that? Like, <laughs> and he was like he had no idea. Right. Like he had no idea. It wasn't wasn't like he was like uh being malicious. No, I don't think he was being malicious, right. but it's it's like it was the way. I already put it this way. Here's the here's the story. Okay. So I came down. I was coming down from a you know a different city. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know the area. Sure. And uh, I, mean, I ain't gonna even say the company. Sure. I ain't gonna say the dude's name. Right. But I was like, you know, I was doing the interview. And this was like everything's all said and done. You know, I'd already said, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to work with you guys. And um, and I was just asking him, man. I was like, look, man, you know, I'm new to the area. You know, any good neighborhoods to, uh, you know, for you know, for apartments or whatnot. Right. And the guy was like, he just sat there and he looked for a while. He thought about it. And he was like, hmm, I don't know about too many black neighborhoods in here. <laughs> and I was like, what? I said, what? what? What do you mean? I was like, dude, I'm just want a place to stay, right. man. You ain't gotta be no black neighborhood, dog. Like that was just. I was like, why would you even say that? I was right. like, whatever, man. Just right. get it. Right. I mean, he was clueless. Right. He was obviously right. clueless. Like, that was, like, not the thing to say. Right. But he said it anyway, and I was like, oh, whatever, dude. So, basically, you asked and, for a place uh, to live, and he was like, do you like cornbread? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I heard it. I heard they sell watermelon over right. at the grocery store. I'm like, what? Yeah, come on, man. Right. The, they ain't got nothing to do with what I'm asking. Right. The grape soda so, factory is on Fifth Street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I I heard they do step dances right. over at the, oh, shit. the local mall. <laughs> wow, there's step shows over there. Right. Um, yeah, I mean that's crazy, man. Yeah. But you know, yeah, for the most part, yeah, it's been pretty pretty easy, man. Okay. A lot of a lot of people just uh, it's. I think the game industry is extremely accepting, and we 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 joke we joke around all the time. That's dope. Just just the stupidest shit man. that's dope just like that's dope t- making fun of ourselves making fun of our race making fun of everything right. just having fun right. and not nobody really taking it seriously that's, yeah. that's dope so now so have you seen um the representation of 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 people of color um within within you know the deaf side have you seen it increase over the years or has it oh, been yeah. the same most definitely. Oh, okay. okay most definitely i mean i would say Balski's probably got the the highest density of black folks I've ever seen in one game. Wow, I did notice that. And yeah. it just it ain't that hard to be because it's like what thirty people. So right, right. No, but but, <laughs> but the thing the thing that I put... noticed really quickly was that the fact that you guys are on front of camera too, which yeah, is yeah. which is yeah, important yeah. for us at least yeah. for, for, for yeah. me. Yeah, you know we we're, you know we're talented. We can, yeah, we can, absolutely. We're entertainers. We're good entertainers. Right. Mm-hmm. So. uh no, it's like, you know, you get 30 people, 
you know, you get three black folks, right. that's a huge percentage right, of your right. staff. Right there. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I mean, it's 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 all about talent, man. Sure. At, at this point, in time, I don't think I don't think anybody ever looks at like who you are. Right. Like I don't I don't care where I don't even care where what school you went to. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's how you know. That's how colorblind it is. Right. Like I just, I just look at your portfolio. I don't care about what your name is, where you came from, where you grew up. Right. Like it doesn't even matter to me as long as you can do the job. Right. Like if you can do the job at a high level, you got a shot. And if you ain't a complete dickhead about it, then you even got a better shot. So, <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's. I think this industry, out of all industries, is probably truly the most colorblind industry there is. Dope. I, I can't really speak about like at the at the the top like corporate you know CEO you know president level, right, but right. you know just in development itself, mm-hmm. it's all about what you can do, not right. what you look like. So, well, uh, you you kind of alluded to uh, a question that I have, and and you know one that I'm sure our, the rest of Chicago really wants to know, and that's where did you grow up? Um, how did you get into game development? You know, like what, what's, what's your story? Like, how did you, how did you wind up, you know, 21 years ago falling into, into, you know, developing games and, and doing dope art? Um, well, I've always been an artist, okay. you know, ever since I was like four years old, I grew up in St. Louis. Okay. St. Louis, Missouri. And, um, yeah, I know it's, it's a rough town. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I was one of one of uh, many people who actually escaped. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I you know did art all through you know junior high, high school, and then I went to the Joe Cuban School on, on the, in New Jersey okay. to um, study animation. So I actually graduated there uh, as an animator, and then did animation in the game industry for like seven years. And how I got in was basically. There was a dude that graduated the year before uh, from my school and went to this small game company up in Oakhurst. Okay. Um, mm. Which is like the, the home of Sierra Online. Right, so back right. Back in the day, you know, King's Quest, Police Quest, all those. Yeah. Like a lot of smaller companies broke off from Sierra Online and started up. And one of the companies that I went to was a startup. Okay. Uh, from the, like a spinoff from one of the Sierra Online companies. And... Um, a guy that graduated from my school went there before me and they had, you know, he was really good and they had a good success with him. So they, you know, they contacted the school and the school was like, you know, anybody, any other animators that are really good. And I got a phone call. This is probably about a year after I graduated and, you know, interviewed, got the job and worked out there for two years. And then that shut down. And then after that, that's when I went to Interplay okay, uh, to work on Fallout. Wow. So, wow. so what's what's the deal with um, you hear that they have this little thing, little thing going on at, at a E three this year? Uh, does it does it feel weird to be not necessarily connected to that in some way? What, what are you talking about? What thing? The the fallout thing that this was supposed to be happening. Oh, I don't I don't know nothing about that. Like Bethesda bought the rights to that right. long time ago. Oh, that's ago. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. What's what's weird is. Playing Fallout Three and seeing my art in the game. I mean, yeah, that, right. that's kind of that's kind of what I was getting to. Was, yeah. yeah, it's just like you know. Of course, I get no credit for it because I mean, in most regards, they don't they don't know who did it because they just bought all the source art from Interplay. Right. And you know, they made some new cards. They they used a bunch of old cards. Right. 
uh, from the vault boy, and it's just like you know all of my, pretty much half of my cards are in. Wow! So that's crazy. You know, I don't expect any credit for that. You know, I don't expect anything for it. But I just wish more people kind of understood the story behind it. I mean, that's right. kind of the reason why we wanted to bring you on as well. Besides the, the new stuff that you're doing, like you, you, you again for me, it's really personal because I love that series and in that art especially. Just to know that you were the person who did that, and a lot of people who did not know that will again, if they're if they're not wikiing you and googling you, after you know, in in, in conjunction to the new game, now they know because they're on the show. And you're right. just like, yo, that's yeah. my shit. I did that. That's pretty dope. Yeah, right. it's crazy when you see like you know people with tattoos of that guy on their arm. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I, I see people walking around with Vault Thirteen shirts and all this other stuff, and I'm like, wow, it's crazy. Yeah. That's, but that's, yeah, I would never thought like you know, fifteen years later, somebody would have a tattoo or some shit that I did, <laughs> just because it was my job. Like I would, like in ninety eight, I wasn't thinking about, oh yeah, ten years from now, people are gonna be all over this. <laughs> like this is gonna be the shit, dude. I have that like, picture on my phone right now because when I yeah, I crazy. send that to people when I'm like thumbs up, <laughs> you know? yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So like that's on my phone because it's like it's dope art and it's iconic at this point for me. So that's that's, that's yeah. Awesome. I, I see that one and the the one him hiding under the school desk. <laughs> <laughs> I see that one a lot, and that was mine too. Yeah. So it's it's weird, you know. I don't really trip off of it no more. A lot of people. I mean, it's it's kind of ancient history right yeah, now, right? And uh, but it's good to be known for something. Yeah, yeah, hey man. You, 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 you know, well, one of the, one of the other things that you're uh, that you're known for is uh, the the amount of work and effort and your community involvement with uh, Planet Side and Planet Side Two. Planet Side Two is uh, more most specifically um, mm-hmm. a property of SOE, um, Sony Online Entertainment. Um, we were, you know, kind of talking about, you know, what do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on what uh, Fallout 3's, uh, you know, what the announcement's going to be for Bethesda at E3? Um, but what are your thoughts on SOE and, and, uh, you know, for those people who don't know, kind of a, I guess a, a, a prelude to our breakdown segment is that uh, last week, Sony Online Entertainment was sold. Uh, to another group, I forgot the name. Kyle, you can look that up. I'll look it up. In a uh, but it's called it's Columbus, Columbus Nova, Nova Columbus, something, something, something like right, that. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, what are you? What are your thoughts on, um, on you know, so you know that that group being sold and and kind of sold away from from Sony and and uh, you know, I'm I'm sure because you just left there, I guess four or five months ago. I'm sure you still have a lot of friends over there. Uh, yeah. How how are they feeling? You know, what are your thoughts? That kind of thing. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, man, you know, it's 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 a it's jacked up because I mean, you got this these this company has got like these iconic franchises and you know, kind of a history. It's kind of like Interplay, you know, right. Interplay kind right. of imploded. Right. Um, but then you see, uh, you know, SOE being sold away. And forming Daybreak uh, Game Company, mm-hmm. um, because mainly because Sony itself didn't really know what to do with us. It was kind of weird. Um, we were always like not really. We were Sony, but we wasn't really Sony. Hmm, right. Like we would, you know, people would like, uh, like Sony PlayStation was like probably two miles from us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all the you know the MLB games that they were they were making that like two miles from us. Wow. And we would always go over to 
to their service group to get mocap done or to get head scans done, stuff like that. Right. We, was lit- we were kind of treated like we were in the company, but not really. It was just wow. weird. It's just wow. an odd kind of mix. And at one point in time, you know, SOE was actually under Sony Pictures. So right. it was a game company shoved in a, a movie company. Right. And then later on, they kind of rectified it by putting us under, putting our uh, Smedley underneath the PlayStation boss. And then that just, you know, still was kind of like this weird fit. I mean, right. them selling them off is just kind of like inevitable because they never really could. They really, really could fit us anywhere, you know? Sure. So every time that we did something, it was more like this kind of like this weird stepchild type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and them, you know, just like it was yesterday, they laid off, you know, pretty much half the people there. And I saw wow. that shit coming soon as yeah. soon as I heard that there was a, a holding group right. that bought them. Right. I was like, dude, they're going to just gut the place and fucking get their profits. That's, that's what they that's do. That's that THQ move right there. I was yeah. like, yeah, well, that's, the, that's the best what the what holding companies right. do. Yeah. Like, yeah. On. That's yeah. Yeah. You I mean you run up against a you know a mad pit bull and you wonder why it bit you like that's what they do <laughs> right right like right. that tiger didn't go job, crazy dude. that tiger went tiger <laughs> exactly yeah this is that's his job yeah, dude the yeah. job is to go in there clean the shit up make it profitable and sell it away right, right. and when when they was talking about oh uh, yeah we're gonna do layoffs I was like Psh. like yeah I should have knew that shit was <laughs> right right I mean but and, it's, you, know, you know I mean the crazy part though is. They just bought the, you know, so, I mean, we're recording on Thursday. They just bought it on last Monday. So right. it was, yeah. it was seven like, business days, seven why business days time? later. They were, why they, would you waste time? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. If you, you just spent X millions of dollars money right, right. and you could immediately save yourself turn it around money. and make some money. Right. Right. Like yeah. next week, if you could do that. Yeah. Wouldn't you do it? And the crazy right. and thing then, is that they've been trying exactly. to move things over to to console, and right. and have that market that's already there and kind of wants the game already because it's going. Right. Yeah, but they're they're gonna. I mean, it's gonna get there. Like what they did was kind of foul. Right. But like when I, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about this in the, as a business. Sure. Man. Right. Right. And it's not. It's got nothing to do with all of my friends there. It's got nothing to do with what I feel for them because I I know. You know, it's fucked up, and I hate the fact that most of these people are, like, you know, out on the street without a job. The good thing about it that, you know, the Sony itself or whoever, Columbus Nova, whoever owns them, did, you know, pretty decent by them. Okay. By giving them a, a pretty decent uh, severance package. Okay, well, that's... Right. And it, it wasn't a complete, like, you know, fuck you, get out of, get right. out and take your box. Right. So, at least they did that much, but... I think it was just a long time coming, man. And it's it's just sad that the majority of the people that got laid, well, shit, pretty much all the people that got laid off had nothing to do with the reason why the, the company got shit on. Mm. Like, everybody that was, was there was doing their job every day, coming to work, busting their ass, and then your reward is now you got to look for a job. Right. Yeah, that's right. So that's so the shitty. only shitty part about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, as far as like the community stuff, yeah, I mean, I lo- you know, just game development is taking another turn. Like people, the bigger companies are going to have to take notice because it's going to it's going to end up hurting them in the long run. Like Activision, EA, right. those companies are eventually they're going to have to come around. 
Right. Like, you can't... Gone are the days of putting a beta out, and then, like, that beta is just the the gold master version of the thing that's coming out six months, six weeks from now. Right, 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 right. Like, that ain't no beta. That's, like, okay, this right, is a so version before we sent the gold master. It takes six weeks to get the gold master. Right, right. So, right, right. If, <laughs> if you're in beta and your ship date is two months from now, guess what? Right. That shit's already in the box. <laughs> right, right, right. It's already in the box sitting <laughs> right. in the warehouse right now. Right, right. So, you know, for people to claim that they got beta, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're going to take your feedback. That's bullshit. If you ship in a physical prop, uh, physical product, and you got to, you know, get C- uh, DVDs or uh, Blu-rays burned right. and do all this other stuff and get it into distribution and get it in the stores, et cetera, et cetera. Then no, you ain't doing nothing. You might make some tweaks, some number changes, but you ain't really doing the wholesale stuff. Right. But that's the difference between us and them. Right. Like the difference is we we're actually we've got the ability and the know how to just be able to say, Okay, yeah, you don't like that? Well let's let's go ahead and flip it and change these numbers around, put in a new uh asset or change the map completely. Mm-hmm. And now, well, how do you like it? And be back at you like the next week with a different look. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm you actually know? glad you said that because that kind of segues really quick uh, into you know, Blue Streak is uh, a free to play, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and the thing, the thing that I saw that I was really intrigued by on the stream today was you guys are talking a lot about transparency, and I thought that, that was pretty dope. So you guys are doing these Twitch streams where you're kind of going through the process of how the game is being made and how not even just the game itself is being made, but how game development is working um, from, from your studio's, studio standpoint, which is, again, something that folks have been kind of doing, but I think the, the, the openness in which you especially and, and, and Cliff have and, 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 Rohan, and Rohan as well, who's, who's really dope, um, you all are coming to the table and like, no, we are showing you exactly what the process is. Um, and the thing that you just talked about was how things are going to be moving as far as development goes when the crowd and the, and the user base is kind of getting their eyes and ears and, and, and hands on things later on. Do you feel like some of that stuff is going to change um, semi-often? I know that there's a part of it where you have to kind of shut the, the valve off and say, all right, we have some, some, some feedback from you guys once the game is in people's hands or even just player testing. You know, how often do you think and how much influence is going to be there from, from the user base? How, how much do you think that's going to happen? Um, it depends. It depends. You know, it depends on what, what the feedback actually is. Right. Like, I mean, you, you got to have, like, you know, like different tiers of feedback. Like, this is, you know, like this is something that's, okay, yeah, we get it, you know, but we disagree with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody's idea could be like, oh, man, y'all really should have a, uh, you know, nuclear bombs in the game. Like, okay, yeah, we'll consider that. But no, that's probably not going to happen. Or it's like, yeah, this class would probably be better if, you know, you, you change this around. Right. And if it's like a quick change, like, why not give it a shot and try it out? Because it it takes, like, literally an hour to kind of turn that around and then send it back out. Oh, okay. And right. see what people see what people think about mm-hmm. it. So, like, the... The, the iteration cycle can be really fast on certain things, but if you, if some people are saying, all right, well, I don't particularly like this map at all. Right. Like, there's nothing redeeming about right. it. Right. So, that, that's like a kind of go back to the drawing board type thing. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And, you know, some of those things was like, okay, if we have to go back to the drawing board, then we have to push out what we were thought we, we what we were thinking the ship day would be. Oh, so okay. at the end of the day, you know, there's there's certain things that's that's gonna that's gonna stop the bus and then there's certain things that won't. Is, right. is, that, is that going to be, do you think, just mostly on the gameplay side? Because you're, you're the head of head of art direction at, at, at Boss Key right now. So a, a thing that really was interesting during the stream was seeing, you know, there was a top-down 2D perspective of how a map is. Uh, uh, and folks were talking about game direction and game and gameplay in that respect. Do, do you think that there are going to be things that the, the, the user base is going to look at aesthetically? that they may ask for changes as well? Is that something that's kind of up for grabs as well? Uh, see, the, the difference with design and art is the only thing that I would change, mm-hmm. you know, unless, you know, Cliff or Ariane decided, you know, they want to change it as well or if it's a big deal. The only thing is that, that I would change is things that would do affect the design or the flow of the game. So, like, say if we had uh, a statue that was blocking something, mm-hmm. you know, right. blocking the line of sight or the statue was too dark and you actually had to, you know, interact with the statue or something like something like that, where you couldn't like tell the difference between friend or foe based on the texture that was created or based on the silhouette. Like those are the types of things that you have to change because they fundamentally affect the way the game is played. Right. Sure. And art, unless it's intentional, should not affect the game in a negative way it should be like reinforcing so you should have if you want you know say you've got good and bad guys on a, in the game you got you know your cops and robbers whatever right. and you got um, you know all your cops are basically squares and all your your robbers are circles okay sure so then you know all of a sudden you throw a rob in there that's got like a rectangular piece hanging off of it. <laughs> right you're like all right well now you just kind of mixed it up Right. So like that, that would be art affecting gameplay and changing the way that people, you know, actually play the game and, and visualize the game. So stuff like that would have to change. But, you know, somebody telling me, I don't like the fact that so-and-so got a red sash on. I'm like, all right, well, I'm sorry. Your personal opinion has been duly noted. Like, that, <laughs> like it ain't going to change shit because we, we've got a set of rules for everything. Right. So right. like all, like, I don't know if you've been watching the, the, all the streams, but like all the weapons have a set of rules. Yes. Right. As far as like how they get constructed. Like all the way down to what type of bolt patterns we use, like mm-hmm. that's how, uh, as much detail as we put it in. So if somebody tell me, "Oh man, you know, this would look, make a uh, this weapon would be a really good uh, CK weapon," which is one of another uh, one of our other manufacturers, but no, like CK makes a certain type of weapon. Right, right. You know the Belize uh, shot crop. That's an energy-based weapon, and that company only makes energy weapons. That's it. That's all they make. Right. They will never make a bullet uh, or a projectile-based weapon. Right. So if somebody says, oh, that probably should be a Belize weapon, I'd say, no, I can't. I can't make that weapon because the rules dictate that that, that weapon wouldn't fit in that company's profile. Right. That makes sense. You know, it's, like, it's like Nike making birthday cakes or something. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not what they do. They would, it's not what they do. They would try so, they would try to put some air foam on some shit. I'm sure they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. yep. Some foam 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 posit cake. Right. <laughs> so foam posit frosting coming to a face near yeah. you soon, soon, soon. 
um i guess i guess one of the other questions i had was um i know i know that you are heavily on the art side and i know that you have been in the game for a long time um what have been some of the things that you've seen tech wise that have really been um interesting for you to see evolve and change throughout the years i think that that was something that i i, I wondered about um when watching um just the schematics and some of the, the, the concept art for stuff that you had done and hearing that you'd been in the game for so long, I'm sure that you've seen so many technologies kind of come and go. Uh, what, what does that kind of look like for you as, as, as a person in, in the art side of the game? Uh, mostly. Oh man, so much change. Like dude, I was actually drawing animations by hand, every frame. Uh, the first game I've worked on was, the highest resolution was 800 by 600. Wow. wow. <laughs> and that's like, you, that's like, I don't even know. You, there ain't even nothing out there that's 800 by 600. <laughs> right, right, right. Not even Except phone for, games. Yeah, not even phones. Like, phones right. are like, you know, 1080p. Right, right, right. It's crazy. So, like, imagine, like, one-eighth of your phone screen. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I had to work with, wow. you know? And it's just ridiculous. So, like, I'm doing this by hand. And, okay, so then that was before 3D. Right, you know, that right. was before 3D programs was, like, popping. And that was the thing to use. So, then I got, you know, got 3D Studio. And then that changed the game. And then we started animating in Power Animator. And then we started animating in, in Lightwave. And that changed a lot. And I started modeling and texturing stuff in 3D. And uh, and then we got this the latest revolution, which is uh, physically based rendering, which just changed kind of changes the game how we actually create stuff now, uh, with uh, each engine handling it a little bit differently. But now uh, we like engines like Unreal Four and mm-hmm. Frostbite and, and Crytek. They're all basically physically based renders, and uh, you know the way that you actually create textures for those. Uh, engine types that's completely different wow hmm. so it's it's funny because the kids that are coming out of school right now right. they're learning everything that the whole industry is trying to catch up to right, right. now so like right. and this, this would be a perfect time for any kid to come out of school and basically know more than the professionals right because we've been we've all been working on this old kind of technology uh-huh, right. and they come up in a new technology right. learning substance designer working in PBR material uh working on Unreal 4 you know doing all that stuff since they got into school right. so right. that's all right. they know they don't know all this old school bull job they're not hampered with the knowledge of 5 years ago or how things were made they all right. they know is just like the right way to do it, which is the now way to so do it. So you're like, right. so you're unlearning things while you learn things at this point. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. I mean, it's just weird because there's a lot of things that don't carry over, right? But there's also a lot of things that you would have, like if you would have been around like ten years ago, would be extremely helpful in making things now. Sure, you got um, the experience. Well, not not just the experience. It's like along with that experience, you you've got like these these things that allow you to kind of like extend the the value or like the, the fidelity of the thing that you're working on mm-hmm. um, based on like some old school knowledge. So right, it's like okay. these old school tricks come in handy, right? but now you're applying like new school rules to it. Right. Okay. Uh, and without that, that 
that forward, you know, that, that past knowledge, you'd be, yeah. you know, kind of wasting Texels, uh, you know, on the screen. So I sure. think that's good. So, so, um, with, with the, the fact that, you know, and, and both Kai and I are IT guys and, and, you know, when you work for a large corporation, I work for a very, very large corporation. Um, one of the things that you get to, to see is their, inability to remain fluid and flexible with with new technologies coming in kind of like what you're saying about the artists as they're coming in they're learning everything on the tools that you guys want to be using when you're at boss key when you're at you know when you're at a a a smaller organization uh such as boss key do you guys are you limber enough to remain flexible and 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 kind of ride the waves or or is it like Hey, you know, we've got an idea for a game. These are the, these are the this is the tool set that we're going to use and we're just going to stick with it even if something better and easier um comes out. Oh, no, it's it's all about getting the getting the job done. Right. Like okay. it doesn't matter like at the end of the day like the engine that we use uses the FBX format. So which okay. is a fairly standard format for any Autodesk product. Mm-hmm. So, any product that you use can be exported into that format. So, at the end of the day, as long as you can get an FBX into that engine, you can use whatever you want. Okay. Okay. And at the, like, at the very base of it, like texture creation, as long as it's you know a, a file format you know, that the engine can read, you can create those textures in whatever you know package that you want. So you don't you're not really like pigeonholed into anything so you can you can try like the substance designer you can try substance painter you can try uh indu and quixel suite and do all these other things you know you can work in marmoset just to get your things you know visualized and then try to bring that into the engine as i mean it's no limit to what you can do because the very basic building blocks can always be gotten to you know what i'm saying so you you don't have to you don't have to be in a certain file format in order to be like, okay, I, I gotta strip it, every, strip everything out in order for it to actually work. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a perfect time to be in, in games, man, because pretty much anything goes. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you can get it to look good and to get it to light properly using the, the, the proper materials, yeah, you can, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Dope. So yeah, we don't we don't stop at. Uh, yeah, we're going to use this version of Maya or Max or whatever. And then just like, that's that's all it is. Like, we're always looking for shortcuts, man, because we're, we're going to be a small team. We're going to try to keep it, you know, 40 to 50 people. And whatever we can do to be more efficient in, internally, we're going to touch that thing. We're going to try to do exactly what we can to, you know, to try to get more uh, productivity of, uh, out of everybody here. Right. You know, unlike... You know, a company like Ubisoft, who's got like a thousand people working on the game. <laughs> right. You know, right. a dude could work on a gun for like six months, and it wouldn't matter because they don't they don't even recognize that dude as an as a human being. It's just sure. a number. Right. No. Right. Yeah. It seems like it seems like that, that you have figured out at least the folks over at Boss Key, and it seems like something from the top down, especially with um, uh, I guess I guess seeing from the stream from before that um, Cliff and I forgot the other brother who's who's helping him run it. Um, you just Arian that they had yeah. already worked before doing Jack Jazz Rabbit and things like that from before, 
and now everyone's kind of like brought themselves back into the into this new fold. And it seems like Busky has kind of figured out a way to both make its employees excited about the work that they're doing because they're going to do dope stuff and they already everyone has a pedigree, but also kind of push forward in a direction that is kind of different in the way that a lot of uh, a lot of dev studios are run where you can be that individual and you are kind of given that platform to shine and kind of have your, your stuff out there in a way that is uh, noticed and, and, and different, just not internally, but externally. Have you found that to be the case or is that? Yeah, definitely the case. I mean, the, I think the, the biggest difference between us at Boss Key and everybody else is that, you know, the respect for each individual is there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody can't do everything but most people can do most things and everybody knows who's good at what you know whatever so that person's ability is respected in that regard so if i want you know if i want to ask somebody about uh some you know environment stuff or some zbrush stuff i I know exactly where to go right if i want to talk about you know you know character creation things like that i know exactly who to talk to but that person's not the only person I can talk to, but I can get that that expert information from a number of people, and everybody respects the abilities of that person. So it's, you know, when we're making stuff, it's all about whether it's cool or not, not necessarily, you know, whether so-and-so made it. Mm-hmm. You know, that don't mean, means nothing, you know, because mm-hmm. we, get, we get stuff that the majority of our work is coming from outsource anyway, because, I mean, we don't have that many people. Right. Right, and in right. order to make a game, you're going to have to make a lot of assets. So it's not like we can all do it internally. Mm-hmm. But everybody understands that anything that you touch needs to be dope. So it needs to be good. So if you have to spend two weeks on it and you have somebody externally busting their ass on it for two weeks, you know, your stuff needs to be better than the stuff that's coming in. Right, 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 right. Um, so and that they people spend the time to do that. They they make make sure it's all well thought out so that anything coming out from the outside looks, you know, looks either on par or slightly, slightly less because they haven't had that that back and forth. They haven't been vetted like, you know, like all the stuff that's been going through internally. Like we we put the the, the ringer, we put people through the ringer. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jay Jay Hawkins. It's like he he's been getting the beat down. Man. I, I <laughs> Like he, we you know we all sit in the same room, and right. you know everybody walks by and has a comment and says something, and it's just like, yeah, man, can it can it do just work? You know? <laughs> he's, he's getting the milking times ten, basically. Yeah, yeah, he's getting it, man. He's getting it, <laughs> get it hard because you know Cliff will come in and be like, yeah, really be cool if, and then soon as he saw he says that, that's over. Uh, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it, you know anything could come out of his mouth right, at that point right. in time, so. Uh, but, shout I mean, out! Shout out to Jay. Yeah, yeah, Jay, man, Jay's a trooper, dude. He, <laughs> he rolls with the punches, man. And he, at the end of the day, he just wants to make cool shit. Word, and that's, that's what that's I, I admire about the dude because he just he's heads down, man, the whole time. So, 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 a couple of quick things before we hit into our music break. Um, the the thing I wanted to know is so Blue Streak is not going to be out for a while. We know that it's still pretty early on in production. Uh, we are hoping to have, if not you, someone else from the studio come back at some at some further further point down the line and talk more about the game itself. 
But uh, for the folks who don't know and haven't been watching the streams and haven't really been paying attention to it, what's the dope thing that you want them to know about it so far that you've seen, talked about, that you can talk about uh, that should get them excited about Blue Streak, Project Blue Streak at this point? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll be at PAX East this year, and we're going to make some announcements uh, there. Okay. So I would say, you know, stay tuned to around the PAX East time frame, and you can hear a lot more about the game and a lot more about what we do at Boss Key and what makes us different. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't want to speak on it because they don't know exactly what they have in store, so sure. I wouldn't want to steal anybody's thunder. So, mm-hmm. so, so what's up? I heard you like ice cream. Yeah, dude, I got you know ice cream and, and cinnamon is the problem for me. I heard, I heard, I heard you make. I heard you make ice cream. Yeah, yeah, I've got an ice cream maker at home. So what's the what's the what's the flavor? What's the what's the joint? Uh, coffee heath. Word word. Yeah, my wife loves that shit, so I, I make it for her. That's dope. And, the, and then she hates me for it. So she's <laughs> like, Say like, why did you make it? Because then she's got to eat it all. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, but yeah, co- coffee heat is good. And I do like, uh, I kind of mix it up. I do uh, chocolate, uh, chocolate uh, Oreo cookie. Um, that's pretty good. Mm, but yeah, man, right. pretty much any you can make any kind of flavor. Because Ro- Ro- Rohan was like, man, the butter, the butter you up is to send you some ice cream. You'll be straight. Oh man, it's fucking. Americone dream, dude. That's my shit. <laughs> That's my shit, dude. That's my shit, man. Americone dream and cinnamon rolls, man. That's it, dude. Like anything with cinnamon. I dig it. Like, right. I, don't, I don't even know what it is about cinnamon, but I love it. So, so wake up, wakes up every morning and eats a stick of big red. <laughs> no. So, no. So there was there's a stream. So on the stream today, uh, for most people who didn't see it, I'm sure it'll probably be archived. They had a they had a, a section on there that was called "How to Be the Boss with Tramel," <laughs> which was funny as shit. It was funny as hell. So so I've been I've been checking on your Twitter and checking digging through your timeline. Your tie game is on point. Yes, <laughs> I got hundreds. Of you you are the most dapper cat at Boss Key right now. What's up with this? It's, well, it's only thirty dudes, so it ain't too hard to be that. <laughs> but I'm saying no, that's 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 but, an accomplishment. Yeah, I started Tide Day Friday back when uh, I was working at 3D Realms. That was like 2006, 2007, somewhere around. Oh, okay. And uh, kept bringing it, and then you know when I left there, went to Seattle, and uh, I was working at SOE in Seattle. Started it up there, and did the same thing in San Diego. And Know, just keeping the keeping the dream alive. <laughs> and, nice. And your love nice. and your and your love for black diamonds. Yeah, man. <laughs> black diamonds. I try to tell man because like people get all like, oh man, that's a nice. It's a nice watch. It definitely is a nice watch. But people don't understand like any diamond other than like a clear one <laughs> is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a garbage diamond. And it made people think that these diamonds are like legit. They're not. <laughs> like, remember when clarity used to mean something? Right. Like a, a black diamond is one step above coal. Right. right. <laughs> it's just a dirty. It's a dirty white diamond. Like it's right. the worst quality diamond you could probably get. And he's charging arm and a leg for it. Oh my god! You know, so it's a it's a garbage diamond. Like you see, like these, uh, they got yellow diamonds now, 
which they, they manufacture actually. Right. They manufacture right. those, and the the, brown, the chocolate diamond, like the chocolate diamond, it's just a dirty diamond. <laughs> like really, <laughs> like it ain't. You know, if it ain't clear, like I got a watch on now that's got like diamonds on the bezel and on the uh, the number. Okay. Right. And uh, that one, that's a nice watch, but it's like the black diamond. Everybody gets all like, "Oh man, that's that's baller!" Like, hey, ain't baller. You see anybody with black diamonds, you think they got gypped? <laughs> <laughs> Trash ass diamonds. So, so, uh, so, who at Boss Key is second in line to to to, to be in the best dress besides you? Because you got the top right now. Well, think nobody tries. Oh. <laughs> ain't nobody tries. No, but for real, uh, Josh Parker, he'll 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 break out a tie every once in a while. Okay. Okay. I think yeah, I think right. he does. Like you know, I think he does every Friday. Okay, all but, right. Yeah, don't don't nobody else try, man. Nobody like. <laughs> that's dope. That's how I was at SOE though. Nobody else tried. Oh man! Uh, all right, so so they, we're gonna have to the the dapper the dapper Tremel collection come out. Yeah, like, when I yeah. when I left SOE, they gave me a send off, and everybody on the team wore wore ties that day. That's oh, dope. that's dope. All right, uh, yeah, it was right. pretty cool. That's super dope. Um, but yeah, all the motherfuckers is gone now. Oh, right, right, man. right. Now they're wearing ties on the unemployment line. Yeah, exactly. Oh shit! Damn, damn. <laughs> we are not going to go into this music break on a down note. We are not going to. Nah, do nah, it. nah, nah. You know, listen. Obama's here. He's taking care of everybody. You know, <laughs> the economy is up. <laughs> there we go. Nah, it's going to be jobs out there for yeah. him because you know yeah. most of them are talented people. So right. I'm not really concerned about them finding jobs. Right. It just got it's get just, dirty. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's just how it all came down, man. It's just like, you know, you could, they, it, it was, I think it was kind of like the company was going to be, that company, Columbus Nova or whatever, was going to be the, the white knight. Mm-hmm. Come save everybody. Right, nah, right. It's just like, he had his, had his uh, axe ready. Damn. Yeah. Cut people down, but yeah, it's just what it is. Oh, man, man, man. man. All right, we gonna figure it out well, though. I'm hoping that everybody will well, land will land safely, and they'll hopefully and most of them, I'm sure, probably will because, like you said, they're all really, 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 really talented folks. Um, so, with that said, we got some more talented folks who are going to be in our music break. Uh, we're gonna get to that right now. We're gonna hit them off with that. We're gonna let you listen to this. This is episode 49 of the Spawn on Me podcast. We are rocking with Tremel Isaac of Boss Key. Productions. We are going to be right back after this. Whatever in the back of his mind is better, and she knows, she knows, 
Wanna sing on it? Uh, got me up so high, try and get a piece of that apple pie. I be up so high, try and get a piece of that apple pie. Dance all vibe with my pants on fire, 'cause I told her I was sleep as I could with this pretty young thing that I told that she could be doing the same thing I suppose. And she knows, she knows, and I know she knows, and I know she knows, and deep down she knows, she knows. And I know she knows. And I know she knows. Alright. Alright, everybody, we are back from our music break. Uh, this is episode 49 of the Spawn on Me podcast. The joint you just heard was the first uh, guest audio pick. Uh, Brother Tremel has, has picked the song for this week. It is J. Cole's She Knows. Um, it's a joint from, I forgot what album that was from, but I remember that album being pretty dope. Um, so yeah, we had our first uh, person who is not one of us, not a host, pick our pick our song. So that's dope. Um, and I guess uh, Tremel Isaac is with us. Uh, we we know he has. I said guest. I yeah. said guest. Yeah. <laughs> I said guest. Don't fuck oh, okay. with me. <laughs> our guest. Um, we're gonna we're gonna peace out for him because he has he has some business to handle. He has to get up early in the morning, so we gotta we gotta get him in and out. So, brother Tremel. Um, if you have any uh, shout outs that you want to give, if you want to tell anybody uh, where they can see the game, all the good stuff that's going to be coming out of Boss Key, here's your time to shine and you will let you do it now. All right. Well, you know, everybody, want to, if you want to check out any information about the game, you know, go to bosskey.com. We try to keep that updated. You know, if you want to follow all the people that are, you know, getting hired, new hires, and see what they've worked on and, you know, see how many people are actually adding to. Uh, making this new game something hot and special. Uh, that's on the website too. Twitch Twitch streams will be on the website too. We also have articles that go up there um, about the individual people that work here and the, the special things they do. Uh, you know, things that are outside of work uh, related stuff. So that's pretty cool. So if you want to just know more about the company and the people that work here, go to bosskey.com. Uh, check me out on Twitter if you want to follow me. P.S. underscore T.R.A.Y. And, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter pretty much 24-7, so if you hit me up, I'll hit you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, man, be stay tuned to PAX East. We're making some announcements there. Uh, and if you want to, you know, more information about that, just, you know, I'm sure they'll be streaming a bunch of stuff uh, at PAX East. And then, of course, we'll be putting out our own uh, information there, too. So uh, stay tuned for PAX East for information about the game itself and uh, where we're going with this. Dope, dope. See? Uh, yes. Yes. What? I was going to say you could say goodbye to our guest. Oh, I goodbye. could. I could I could say goodbye to our guest. Um, uh, Tramel, thanks a lot for uh, coming and visiting Bricago. Um, we hope that you had a really great time. And uh, p- 
please please know that you're welcome back anytime it was good times man thanks a lot appreciate it and uh, I, I will see you guys on the flip side absolutely man thanks again it was a pleasure having you on and we hopefully will see you and speak to you soon about more project blue streak whenever we do find out the actual name of the game so dope 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 yeah tell the tell the crew over at boss key that we said what's up Will and, do. Uh, you know, tell them what a wonderful time you had in Chicago and they should visit soon, too. Yeah. So, see, what are we going to do right now? What do we usually do when we have news? Uh, uh, I think we break it down, so we should break it down. Break it down! All right, everybody. So, if you have been under a rock... Or at least have been th- had a rock thrown at you by a monster, <laughs> then then you should know what we're about to talk about. Um, Evolve came out this week, and um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm or it came out last. Oh, week. I'm sorry. It came out last week. Sorry, it came out Tuesday of last week. Um, and I, I'm I'm kind of digging it. I just started playing it the other day. I bought it on the Xbox One. Um, and I finally figured out a way to have my mic so I can talk to actual human beings. So that's good because you, because <laughs> you need that in a game such as Evolve, uh, coming out of Turtle Rock Studios. Um, what do you think, C? Do you have any thoughts on it so far? Do you have any any insights? Any things? Any qu- any quibbles? Any any qualms? I am I am the I am the warmest of Luke's on this game, um, it, because the game is so conditional. Hmm. And that's that's the thing. The game from a just in a vacuum, the game is fun. Um, it's it's asymmetrical co- uh, co-op or competitive four v one, where basically it's you know it's it's Left for Dead 2's kind of humans versus the versus the undead, where this one is just one monster. Who has the ability to evolve? You've got lots of different characters. Um, they go through. I mean, just about every every gender type and and archetype of characters for the the different classes of characters. You you know you even have robots and you got you know Brits and Australians and Americans and men and women and black people and white people Asians. Um, you know, and they all kind of fit some sort of some sort of stereotype that allows you to know that, you know, that this is who this person is, which is, you know, which all of that stuff is cool. Um, the game is fun in a vacuum, like I said, but if you don't have if you're not playing with friends and or you're not playing with people that communicate then being a hunter is not going to be will be less fun. Right. Um, there is there is still fun to be had because the game itself is fun, but the the ability to communicate with people magnifies that fun factor to a point where the game becomes addicting. Um, but without that, it's it you know that it's it's one of those games that's completely dependent upon the community right um and and you know from from that standpoint i i i worry about this game yeah the things that so here's here's how my initial evolve game went turn on the game 
do the install, start through all the cool credits and all the all the like beginning parts where you see all the cool cinematics and all that stuff. Right. I I do like the way that they do their tutorial stuff. The tutorial stuff is great. I think they really kind of push you through your paces and let you do it in a way that is uh, it gives you some incentive because basically what happens is that you go through the process of being the monster and then you be a hunter and then you start as a hunter and you'll get a ranking depending upon how quickly you do it, which will add uh, some cosmetic things to a badge that you'll have that will kind of differentiate you in the room uh, when you're playing multiplayer sessions. So that's cool, right? So you have that. That's pretty dope. Then you run, or, then you run around, and, and you learn the kind of the mechanics and all that stuff. Great! So you're now into a multiplayer game for the first time. This is how it starts. Hey, anybody else have a mic? Yeah. <laughs> hey, anybody else? Hey, is anyone else talking? Oh, wait, I think I heard. I, I think I heard someone talking. Oh, wor- a word? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Oh, you have a mic? All right. Cool. So we're gonna run together, right? Yep. Silence. Yeah, maybe. Silence. Maybe. Silence. Silence. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh <laughs> shit! Did I just buy? I'm lucky enough to have two systems, right? So I, I then have the 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 quant the quandary of being like, did I buy this on the wrong system? Right. Did I fuck right. up and not? Is my mic working? Is everything like? I see levels. I can see if I tap my mic, it's working. No one else is talking. And then you're like, oh no! I just spent sixty bucks on this thing, and no one's gonna. This is going to be such a waste of money. Luckily, I bought a physical copy, so if I need to trade it back in, I can. But that's going to be a problem. Because here's the thing that I've always worried about. The, the issues that I have with games like this is, you know, I was talking to, to someone about this off-cast, and I was like, well, the order is coming out. Should I wait on the order and spend my money? Because I don't have a lot to, to either go towards the order, which I know I really want, or buy Evolve, which I think is going to be fun. And also, it'll help, you know, be able to talk about it on the show. And also, you know, it'll be, you know, a community-based game, which I miss. I loved Left 4 Dead. The Left 4 Dead series, Left, Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, were some of my favorite games. Um, but with console games like this, the communities leave so quickly right. that it's always an issue that you have to worry about. So, I'm finding that that may be the case right now. Where one, I need more people on Xbox One. Please add me. <laughs> Basically, at this point, yeah. and if you have a mic, that's even better, so that I can play. Because uh, it's just going to be me and C at this point, um, right. and that's going to be a problem. Plus, the longevity of this game is going to be weird. So, there's a lot of stuff that is gameplay based that I think is totally fine. I think the game works really well once you figure out exactly what class you are really digging. Um, you, I, I played as the monster the first time and had no idea what I was doing and got my ass kicked. I didn't even right. get a chance to evolve into anything because the hunters were on my ass super quick. <laughs> I'm like running around trying to eat things and they were like, you know, you're dead, son. You, you, thank you. Thank you for playing. Um, so that's an issue. But the, the main thing is I think the game from, from a fundamental standpoint, from a base level, is a pretty fun game. I had a lot of fun because we had um, the crew that we ran with Almost killed the, the the monster that we had um, in that in that particular map, um, and we did it kind of even without lots of communication. You can do some some visual things if you click in the right stick. Uh, you can set a marker somewhere in the map, and everyone will see it, which is which is great. Um, Daisy is is a is a good thing. That's the dog that you have in the game. She 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 basically will sniff out and help find markers in the world of where the monster has gone. So that helps a lot. Um, but the pace of the game feels good. The classes all do feel very different. I've only played two so far. I've played the assault and the trapper. 
Um, I want to play some more of them and then we'll, re- we'll report back um, next week. Uh, but the game on a base level feels really fun. It's just going to have to be determined upon if you have friends to play this game and if you have if the community stays with it. It's not the same as if um, Left 4 Dead uh, was on uh, was this was this game because it's not the same kind of game with the kind of random generated uh, uh, monster uh, creator like it kind of builds the game around you randomly it does it on in, in evolve but not in the same way as left for dead but also the PC community will stick with the game forever they their communities will stay with the game for a very long time and not and and, and, and either go back to it or support it games like this that really depend upon teamwork you don't see those really often unless it's a battlefield or if it's a a call of duty game that don't take strategy just eye hand coordination to win they don't really stick so i'm worried i'm worried for this game i'm worried for my 60 dollars. that's what i'm really worried about yeah yeah and you know what to that point um i was listening to another show and they brought up a really really salient point um, what if this game was free to play? Hmm. What if, what if, uh, you, you download the game and you have, so they, you know, they have multiple classes, there's four different classes. And then there are there, I think, I believe there are three characters in each class, uh, for the hunters. And then for the monsters, there are four different monsters. So what if you were given the ability to play as one of the four different, you know, and they randomized it. So you got a certain set of hunt, you know, you got a certain set of hunters base and you got um, the base monster. You got a Goliath or something, you know, you got the Goliath as the base monster. But then you could, as you continue to play, you could use in-game currency or use a cash shop, which they have already still. Um, use a cash shop to buy other characters in the game. Um, how successful do you think that would have made the game? I mean, I think... Or do you, do you think it would have made it more or less successful than, than the game is right now? I I don't know. See, the thing about that is free to play hasn't really been proven on console yet. That's the one thing that I feel is the biggest detriment or deterrent for that to be something that they would be able to go to. Like you've already seen people bitch and moan about the DLC, which is interesting. And that's a whole nother part of the conversation, because that I think is even less founded in why people should be upset at all. At, at the folks when it comes to that particular game because a lot of that stuff is all cosmetic anyway like Dota the people on Dota they don't complain about the cosmetic stuff because they know it's cosmetic stuff like you just right. got a whole base game for free and you should be like alright with it because all all, nothing changes in the gameplay so it's weird that people have had that backlash towards it I, I don't know if a game like Evolve even if it were in that same way put out as a free to play would stick because of the way that consoles just work. Like I think console, I think there's still this weird stigma to free to play games that are, that are on console that people on PC don't have. 
So I think that stigmatization is still there and people still feel like, no, this game is not worth anything if it's free. Well, I, so I, I kind of push back from that a little, mm-hmm. um, but just based off of how the PS4 worked at launch, um, the, because there were so few games that came out at launch that were really worth purchasing one of the things that one of the feathers in the PS4 cap was how, how much fun and how many free, free to download and free to play games there were on the system. And now, you know, maybe people didn't stay with those games all that, all that tough, but you know, I, and, and I really, honestly, I don't know the numbers on, on those games. And, and, but I, I think that personally that evolve would have w- would have done better in an alternate universe where evolve is a free to play game it's doing better it's going to generate more money for 2K and Turtle Rock um than it than it will in this universe where it's a $60 game um with a $25 season pass or an $80 game um, with with the season pass included, um, at, where they're expecting people to not only play it, um, become really enamored with it, and continue to play it over you know over long periods of time. Now, one, I bought it digitally because I buy all my games digitally. Um, but two, it's one of those games I feel like I'll as I get better, I'll enjoy more. Um, but it's a game that if there are people, you know, my group of friends say, Hey, let's play that game. I'll be happy to continue to own it much like left for dead and left for dead Two, Because I think the game, like I said, the game itself is fun. And if it was free, then many more than the opportunity to have that conversation becomes, you know, comes up more frequently because everyone's got the game, right? And what, you know, what someone may not have is a weapon or a character that you have. Um, and, and maybe they'll become envious enough to want it to, pl- to play the game more because the, the character or the weapon that you have or the character, or the weapon that some other person has incentivizes you to continue to play this game because you feel like, oh, you know what? I, you know, I haven't spent any money on this game. The only thing I'm spending is my time. Mm hmm. Um, and you know, and maybe I do drop four or five dollars on it, um, much like a mobile game or something. You know, something to that effect. I, I've really and and I I definitely hear what you're saying about th- how the formula for console, how the formula for free to play on consoles, uh, just hasn't really hasn't been proven to work yet. And you know, because I mean, you, obviously, you just can't disagree with that. That's just how it is. But I think that this would have been a game that would have destroyed like would have knocked that barrier down i i mean i we can only hope that that might that might have been the case right we can hope that that would be something and we don't know because it, it's not going in that route right but i think the thing to to always remember is yes you would bring in a good amount of people in the beginning uh with it being free to play and you not have to not having to worry about then growing an install base or a community right. but 
to a certain extent, is the game itself going to keep people in it for as long amount, long of an amount of time uh, that that you would need to build that community up? Like to a certain extent, let the Left 4 Dead games did did something so new that nothing else could touch it. And it did it in a way right. that was that was so good that kept people coming. And the th- here was the thing, though, the thing that that differentiates those two games and why one will probably be more be more successful than the other is you can go lone wolf in a Left 4 Dead game. You shouldn't go lone wolf in a, in a Left 4 Dead game, right. but you can go lone wolf in a in a Left 4 Dead game. Evolve, right. you have to be with your teammates at all times. Well, we say that now, but if you look at some of the upgrades that people can get, mm-hmm. um, you that is not necessarily the truth. So, so it would be it would be nigh impossible to be just one hunter, you know, one v one, you and the predator, you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you know, I'm the predator, one v one most likely you're going to lose every time right. as the, as the sole hunter but you can stack the odds in your favor if you've played enough and you've upgraded your characters enough that they're at badass mode i don't think so um i to- i totally don't think that that works because because uh... the characters so far are so integral to each other's the way that you would cuz basically the way that you want to do and and kill a monster is if you don't have your trapper, like your trapper can't lone wolf anything because it's not strong enough. Right? right? So that's one thing. So you have that. Plus then you have the um, the assault, which is strong enough, but it's not going to do enough damage to both get things down. So you need all the other people who are there first to kind of get and trap and surround and like do a pyramid basically of getting everyone in different positions and moving them around so that they can all be effective. And anyone who's even all the way leveled up is still not going to have enough firepower to bring down even a level two monster. Um, like I said, it's, it's, I think you're mostly right in that, in that instance, but you can, but you can still do enough damage that if you're lone wolfing and people just aren't keeping up with you, Mm -hmm that your your ability to lone wolf for at least a little bit will will be enough to allow you guys to take out an amateur monster you, you know a p- person who is an amateur uh and and at the game and they're you know they're playing as the monster and they're level 1 maybe even level 2 yeah um, yeah i mean i i got so, i got so, rocked as a level 1 monster who didn't right, who didn't right. know what I was doing and that that right. will hopefully change. Uh right. but right. yeah. I, I, I can semi agree. I think we have to both play it a little bit more. Right, right. And that's the thing. You know, I mean that's the thing. It's just, you know, between when when you're an adult, um, you have less time to play these games. So and this is one of those games that you definitely have to unpack. Um the 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 things that you you know, the the things that you can take away from from what we're saying about the game is that um and and you know I'll speak for you just a little ka um that the game in a vacuum is fun the matchmaking seems to work the online seems to work online is important in this game um but for multiple reasons 
we feel like the game may suffer at its current price point. Um, I think this, yeah, I think it would have been way more palatable as a $30 game, as a $40 game at least. Yeah, people people would jump on this game because people wanted it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not like they didn't have Absolutely. people who didn't want this game or who still right. don't want this game. People, are, I mean, I paid my right. my full price for it. Um, but I, right. I paid, I paid eighty bucks. Oh, you're a madman. Yeah, I paid. 80 <laughs> you're bucks. a madman. I just went ahead and di- I did it all. What did, what did, did you think? Of, what do you think about the the, the DLC brouhaha though? Um. So you know, for those of you who don't know, um, there is DLC that's coming out. And one is a is a new monster. One of the pieces of DLC that that's going to be released is a new monster, and they're charging fifteen, twenty dollars, fifteen dollars, ten dollars, just for the monster. They're charging D, you know a DLC price just for the monster. No new maps, no new modes, no anything. Just the monster. Um, I just went ahead and I bought the season pass. Um, my presumption, and I hope that I'm correct, is that uh, that all of that stuff is included. I think that the 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 price is ridiculous, especially for the amount of content that you're getting. Um, but it incentivizes you that it, you know if you've bought the game and you're enjoying the game enough to even think about purchasing DLC, it incentivizes you to spend just a little bit more to get the season pass and and not have to worry about getting nickel and dimed for for content um but uh, but yeah it's it's such a stark stark contrast to the way the guys over at the Witcher are doing things where they've got loads of DLC planned and all of it's going to be free um yes. you know it, so that's that's i mean this is this is the extreme of all extremes because it's just a monster. And I you know, I completely understand that there's lots of work that goes into you know, it's an expensive proposition um basically to make this character cuz cuz essentially a monster is four new characters. It's the same as four new hunters. Mhm. Because they have to make sure that they balance it out and they make it, you know, it's got a, it's, it's, it moves in a unique way. It's unique to any, you know, any and everything else. Uh, it's got its own specials. It, they've got to figure all of that kind of stuff out. And they've got to make it powerful enough that it can take on, you know, these hunters, but not so powerful that it's, it's, you know, it's completely OP when when it's time to to face those guys. So um, it's it's definitely whack. Um, people can complain about it, but uh, instead of running your gums, just talk with your wallet. Right. If you like it, buy it. You know, or buy the season pass. If you don't like it and you weren't going to buy it anyway, shut the hell up. <laughs> just keep it moving. I think in the first time sure. in our 49 episodes, I just straight up agree. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing else to add to that. That was a that was a perfect rebuttal. Yeah, absolutely. That was perfect. <laughs> um, so there have been a lot of other rebuttals out in the world right now. And we see that there are some folks who are upset, upset, upset at our friend, friend of the show. Friend of the world, friend of all gamers, Peter Molyneux, <laughs> who right now is being raked over the mother effing coals for his failure to 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 do what he has said he was going to do with his game Godus. What? 
Yeah, I know. Peter Peter Molyneux made some promises and they didn't come true. Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater has made another game. Or not made another game. So so Godus uh was yeah, a right. was a kickstart kickstarted game uh that should I think should have been out already. It was uh, what three years? It was three years ago that Godus was in yeah, Kickstarter. Something something to that effect. Yeah. So basically it's been it's been found that he is not gonna be able to make his goal. There was a contest uh, with the whole twenty two cans uh, business, uh, which was the name, of, which is the name of their company, and it was like it was a, an iPhone app where you, you, everyone would pluck out a small part of the world, and then it would reveal this other this, the section. And once you got to the core of the, the the last piece that you pulled out, that person would be able to get into the game. All this all this craziness that was supposed to happen. So Peter Molyneux basically rolls out, and he's like he has this video because people in the, their forums were complaining. And he was like, dudes, we're not going to be able to get it done in the way that we need to. We may need to actually have a publisher come in and help help fund this, even though we said that that was not going to be the case uh, when we first had the Kickstarter. And then all hell broke the fuck loose. So the thing that we're going to at least uh, that I want to focus on this for this episode is because I think we should re- I think we should revisit this again at another point, because I think because it's kind of a, it's kind of a too long discussion to have <laughs> because it's Peter, Peter Molyneux doing what Peter Molyneux does. Can we can we ha- can we just create our own version of cereal? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we get to get on the phone and talk to Peter. Molyneux? I would love to talk to Peter um, Molyneux. I think that that would be oh, a really uh, yeah. No shit. This, here's the thing that I think is is the the yeah. problematic part, right, is. In this discussion that we're going to have about how the, the, the reaction to this has come down, especially from this Rock, Paper, Shotgun uh, interview, which was amazingly terrible. Right. Oh, John man. Walker, who, who did the Rock, Paper, Shotgun uh, interview, should be like taken to journalism school in some form of fashion. Well. Uh, yeah, well, I'll let you go ahead and say what you have to say, and then I'll say what I have to say, and you know what I have to say is always better. So you know okay. what? Go ahead. Happy Valentine's Day to you too. Yeah, exactly. I love yeah. You, so, so the the whole the whole the whole issue I have with the with the interview. So he had a one on one interview with him over I, I guess it was over the internet, over the phone, or something like that. To and he was like basically talking to him. But he came at Molyneux in this way that I've never seen really anyone kind of approach an interview. You know, we we when we have guests on our show, we kind of we treat them well because we want them to 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 like us and we want want them to know that we think that they're dope and stuff like that. But he went straight Morton Downey Jr. on dude and was like, "Hey, the first sentence that comes out of his mouth, the first line of his interview." He has called Peter Molyneux, who I think deserves some kind of respect. He says, do you think that you're a pathological liar? This is the first line that he says in his interview. How do you come out of your face and just randomly roll up on somebody that you've asked for an interview that you know? You know, Peter knew that this wasn't going to be a kind of just easy interview. He knew that he was calling him out in some form or fashion. But that seems extremely disrespectful to anyone in the industry, unless you unless you have done the worst crime on the planet. If you're a terrible person, I totally understand that. And that's reasonable. But again, this feels like another one of those. We are talking about video games kind of kind of conversations. 
And yes, to a certain extent, people have put in their hard-earned money and they've put their money towards this project that they kind of wanted. But I'm sorry, folks. Kickstarter is just that. It's a hope. It's a maybe. It's a possibility that somebody may get the project done. It's not a guarantee that the project will ever get done. So I I have this weird uh, thing in my head of just like, I don't understand where some of these kind of unreasonable expectations are coming from. Because I think to a certain extent, people have been, um, uh, what's, what's the word? People have um, been seeing that this has been something that's happened often enough that they feel like this is like a sure bet, right? So they're like, right. oh, well, this happens for everybody. People made Oculus. That was some random shit that just happened on the internet and people made that. So why can't this game get made? All these things have happened in the world before. Why don't these things get made? So I don't know. See, what, what do you think? Well... Uh, the, the, so the interview on rock, paper, shotgun was, was wild. It was, it was some, uh, Geraldo Rivera type shit. It was definitely, this was a, a, <laughs> a gotcha interview if I've ever seen one, um, before. So that, that part of it is, is just, is just weird. And, and like you said, it, it is, you know, I mean, it is, uh, cool and good and and prudent to always keep your perspective when you're speaking to people um these are people that are making video games and 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 yes the criticism some of the criticisms levied out at at peter molyneux are are well earned um this is a guy who he just you you love him and loathe him for exact for the exact same reasons because he imagines big he imagines big and he fills you he fills you with the joy and the wonder and his passion and the imagination that he that he that he has and and you you want to believe that the things that he's talking about are things that you're able that he's able you know he's going to be able to do um but in your heart of hearts, you 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 know that you've got to put it through the Molyneux filter, that these things may not they may not come to pass. They may not be the the vision that he has may not be the product that you wind up getting, and it very rarely is the product that you wind up getting when it comes to Peter Molyneux. But you appreciate both the product that you receive and the vision the visionary. Um, from from whom it was birthed, because you know that this guy is going out and he is really trying to push the limits and the boundaries of imagination to give you a product that you, that that can fill you with hope and wonder. Um, and that's not something that you, you know what what the, was James Marshall, James Marston, what was his name, the James Masters, John the. The guy who wrote it, John yeah. John Walker. John Walker. Okay, I Sorry. like how you made him into the dude from Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption. I, you know, I mean, he probably thought he was a cowboy he, he, when he rolled up in that dam. Right, right. He did. He, you know, <laughs> definitely. You know, he pointed his hat up and was like, "You sir, are you a pathological liar." Um, but but I mean that that's the thing. It's just like shame on you for uh, John Walker for for trying to shame Peter Molyneux into not being Peter Molyneux. <laughs> um, 
Because, I mean, that makes the world, that makes the gaming world worse when Peter Molyneux doesn't, is, is shamed into believing, and essentially that's what wound up happening. He was beat, he, you know, he got beat, beaten up verbally and really felt contrite and decided, you know, Molyneux kind of decided, and, you know, again, I got to put it through his filter, that he wasn't going to talk as much and he wasn't going to come out there and, and, fill people fill people with hope and wonder with with the the things that he's thinking about um and and you know like i i know that drives the the, the marketing people and the corp you know the, the 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 principles of the organizations that for you know for whom he works it drives them crazy because they know that they're not going to be able to put that kind of stuff out and and you know but it's that type of hype that people are, are, you know, are lining up to see. Um, and you know, it really, it really kind of messes with things, but at the same time, like I said, it's, it's what, it's what we need. We need people that are visionary and, and yeah, you fall short, but that gives you fodder for the next, for the next project. Um, as far as the Kickstarter thing goes, I'm of two minds with it. It, you know, Yes, Kickstarter is a risk. You're putting your money down for a product um, that you that you hope will see the light of day. Will hope you hope will make its goal, um, and you know. And from that perspective, yeah, you can't expect anything until it's been funded. Until the the product the the project has been funded, at that point there should be some good faith that the people who have funded and have funded at a certain level will, will receive the product for, for what, you know, for which they paid. Right. Right. Um, like that, that, I mean, like, uh, if you kickstarted the pebble, the pebble watch, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you finally got a Pebble watch and, you know, people who kickstarted the Ouya, like there was an expectation that you eventually you were going to get one. Maybe it was going to take a little while longer. Maybe it was going to take longer than you expected. Um, but you should get the things that you that you pledged, um, you know, at, at a certain point, there's got to be some kind of there's got to be some uh, accountability on on the side of the the manufacturer, the creator. You know, if people are pledging things in good faith with the understanding that if it's not funded, then you just kind of lost your money. But if it is funded, then you made a wise investment. Right. You know, that's 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 the reward that, you know, that goes along with that risk. Otherwise, Kickstarter is, is just some dumb shit that you're doing. But I think to a certain extent, there's 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 multi facets to that right like yes you should get the money for the thing that you that you kickstarted if it gets made right right? but i think that there's a fundamental difference in lots of well okay let's go back for a second so peter molyneux rarely comes through on a project that's one right yeah not not at the level that he that he explained you know it's like you it's like your boy peter molyneux is like your homeboy who who's always meeting some you know some fine woman at the spot or whatever and he comes back and he tells you about how dope she is this that and the third and and he bigs her up like oh yeah she, you know she looked like she looked like Beyonce da 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 
and then she comes, you know, she comes through and, and, you know, she's cute, but she don't look like Beyonce, but she's, you know, she's, she's, she's dope and that's fine. And I think that's what Peter Molyneux does. Like, you know, he came out and he said Fable was going to be, you know, Fable was going to be Beyonce, but you know, Fable came out and Fable's, you know. Fable's a dope chick from you know from around the see, way. See, but this is the thing, though, and that's this right. is the thing. That, this is the thing that 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 kind of irks me, right? Is mm-hmm. I think that we, as the gaming community, have to readjust our expectations as well. Like I, I, I think that yes, you, like Peter Molyneux, and I think if you, I think if you frame Peter Molyneux in this way, and I'll give you the way to frame him, everyone will give him more grace. Peter Molyneux is the living embodiment of the Reading Rainbow theme song. <laughs> Butterfly in the sky, I can fret twice as high. <laughs> right. Those two lines. Okay. He's basically that. He's like, I have these, I'm, I'm a beautiful thing and I'm, lo- and I'm, I'm airy and light and lofty and, and I have all these things that are kind of working towards my favor. And I also have mm-hmm. all these things that I want to do, but I also know that like there is a limitation on the way that things actually work. Like, Milo right. would have been a really dope concept if it actually came out, if it actually would have been. And I don't think that that was his fault. So, like, there is a certain level of expectation where, yes, you shoot for the stars and hopefully you hit, you know, you hit the moon. You know what I mean? Right. That's perfectly fine. I think that that's a real thing. When it comes to Kickstarter, yes, you should get the thing that you paid for, but you should also go into it knowing that that is a thing that may not happen. And you have to brace for it that it can totally be vaporware and you just wasted your money. And third... I don't blame Peter Molyneux for this. I blame the people who backed it. It's not like you're it's not like you're backing something that is a known property. Most things that come out on Kickstarter are not known properties, but there are people who you would definitely buy things from. And there are things that you wouldn't buy think buy things from. It's not like you're going to buy the the buy into the 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 dude your your cousin that just got out of jail who was like, "Yo, I got this deal for you." You know what right. I mean? Like I know you, cousin. Like you, you right. know what I mean. But 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 let's but let's say let's say your cousin hits you up and it's like, okay, well, I, look, I got the Renum Spoons idea. It's gonna cost me, you know, it's gonna cost me a hundred dollars, right. and and you know, once I get a hundred dollars, I'll be able to give you a Renum Spoon. Right. So all I'm asking is twenty is for twenty dollars from you. So he gets twenty dollars from you. And then he gets twenty dollars from four other people, right. and he lets you know, "Oh, hey, I got that hundred dollars." And then he never comes back at you with a random spoon. You're gonna be kind of tight. No, I won't. Like, no, I won't, because I have realistic no? expectations. That's the reason why. It's like I, it's the reason why I never loan people money. Okay. I do, I, if you okay. ask well, me then, for money, right. I will never loan. It's never a loan. I will just give you money. I'm never expecting that money right. to come back to me. If it does bear fruit. That's awesome. If it doesn't, okay. I already know that I did it in good faith and my conscience is clean. So it's like to a certain extent, I can't expect everybody else to do that. But with Kickstarter and all those other things, like people, people did that for Spawn for me. People, you know what right. I mean? Like there has to be a level right. of good, good faith. The, the spawn, right. The Spawn for good. Well, so, yeah, I mean, in, in Spawn for good, people donated and and knew whether whether we hit our goal or not they knew that we were going to or at least they had faith that we were going to take that money and and donate it to the charities that we said that we were going to donate right. it to and and that would have happened regardless it would have happened irrespective if we hit hit our goal 
or if we didn't. And, and you know, again, so appreciative that we were able to to exceed. our. But goal. people didn't know uh, if I, you guys, people but, didn't know if I was a charlatan. Right. People. But 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 see, that's different. That's different. You know, having faith in you and having faith in a product are are different things. And, you know, because because they they put faith in the cause and you were an unknown to them. And they had faith in the and your ability to go ahead and do the thing that you said that you promised that you were going to do. Whereas a Kickstarter, you're going to you have faith in the product that these that this person that you may or may not know is saying they are going to be able to do. And once they once they hit the goal, once, you know, and that's, a, you know, going back to the analogy of, of the cousin of anybody, if somebody says, hey, if you give me twenty dollars, I'm going to try and get twenty dollars from four other people. And if I get if I make it to my goal, mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm trying to make these random spoons. If I make it to my hundred dollars, I'm going to give you a random spoon. Right. So when if you make it to eighty dollars and you're like, all right, well, I ran out of time. I, you know, I made it to $80. Sorry, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, well, fine. You know, he didn't make it to his $100. But if you tell me that you made it to your $100, I'm going to be looking for my random spoon because that's what, that's what you were, that's what I was buying. I was buying the random spoon or, or at least that's what I was backing was your ability to make these random spoons. And now that you got that money, I expect that you're going to be making the runners. I think. I think before we move on, because we we spent a little bit of extra time on this than I wanted to, but sure. but I think it was a good discussion. I think the difference in that is again, we're talking about a couple of different things, and when we talk about Kickstarter, in and and especially when it comes to Peter Molyneux, right? Mm-hmm. The people who are buying into because Go, Godis was an unknown property, no one knew what it was about. Sure, so at the, sure, they knew who Peter right. Molyneux so was. in that respect, you're not buying into Godis. You're, you're buying into Peter Molyneux. Right. You have right, but you you have faith that he's going to. So, but it wasn't Peter Molyneux saying, "Hey, listen, I I need money so that I can start up this company." You know, give me money, and I promise I'm going to start up this company. He he said, "Hey, I've got this game." And I got and I, I need you to help me, you know, to help me uh, get generate revenue so that I can make this game. Yeah, I mean, it was all it was all part and, of that process. Right. 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 But it wasn't. But we weren't giving Peter Molyneux money. We were giving the, the project uh, money? 22 cans. Right. We were giving uh, Godis money. Off of on the strength of Peter Molyneux. I don't think that that's the I don't uh, think that's the way that people ran that. And, and this is this is my final point. My final point is this. I think that people were buying into the ideals of what Peter Molyneux wants to do because he has these lofty goals. Everyone wants his lofty sure. goals to come through. We all right. want him to succeed. Sure. But the level of hope and hope and want versus the things that we've seen in the past Right. Don't give me reason to believe that he's a that he's able to make his goal. Hence, the reason why I'm like, if okay. people are buying into Peter Molyneux, I don't understand that because he hasn't proven himself to be worthy of that kind of faith. Well, if if I if I'm buying into Peter Molyneux, I'm not the person that's that's mad that Godus isn't out. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if I if I've if I've subscribed or if I've participated in his Kickstarter, right? I've supported his Kickstarter and and I'm supporting Peter Molyneux, then I don't care if Godus comes out at all. But if I do care that Godus ki- comes out at all and I also back the the Kickstarter, then then what I was investing in was the product. On the strength of, you know, it was Peter Molyneux's project, and I like him, and and all that, all this, that, and the third. But I want to play this game. That's why I'm giving him I don't money. Know. And so, and so, I, I mean, yeah, maybe there were people, maybe there were people that just wanted to back Peter Molyneux, and and so they were like, oh, Peter Molyneux is doing something different. I think he's great. Here's a hundred bucks, um, but. Those people aren't complaining right now. You know, why would you say I like Peter Molyneux? Here's a hundred bucks, and then you're like, "Oh, give me, give me my. How come I haven't gotten my game?" I don't. You know, those people, people, people don't. You know, people don't operate that way normally. I don't know. Um, but if if you're looking for the game, you're looking for the game because that's what you paid for. I, I mean, I, I you know, I agree and, with and, I agree with that part of that part of the conversation. Yes, you want to be able to say that you are paying for the thing, and you get the thing. Right. But I don't think that that's right. the way and that they, most and, time. I don't think that's the way that that mostly works. Right. Well, I I I think that there's you know, and I and you know, Kickstarter's still too new and too kind of um, nebulous. To really, to really be able to uh, figure out how you know how much responsibility a, a company has, but I think at some point someone really needs to have a discussion about what is realistic. If you've if you've made your goal and you find out that oh man, it's actually going to cost me more um, than you know to complete this project, then you need to continue to communicate with the people that backed you. Um, saying, all right, well, we, you know, we did this. We went through our first round of VC basically with, with Kickstarter people. And now we need to go through a second round. And these are the things that we're going to wind up doing. Um, but you're still going to get your game. You're still going to get the things that, that, uh, you, that we pledged to you after you pledged to us. True. I can, so, get, I can get with so, that. And, and real quick, yeah. I would say that I, I, I would like to say to John Walker, that is not the way that you do investigative reporting. <laughs> yeah, like if you're going to be an advocate, was, if you're going to yeah. be an advocate for for us in that way, that's not the way you do that, homie. That was right. that was that, yeah, was, that was fairly was, whack. <laughs> yeah, that was not hot. That was that was not that was nah, not hot. something else that is not hot. No. Is uh, something that our brother from another mother, our minister of no finance, uh, brought up in his Battlefield Hardline uh, Tropes video, which was super dope. Right. Yeah. He's he's uh, our our very own, our near and dear friend, brother Sharif Jackson dot com has started uh, hashtag STEM looks good. He is always hashtag science looks good. Uh, but now he's also got hashtag gaming looks good, and he and he, the inaugural video for hashtag gaming looks good was about Battlefield, the Battlefield Hardline beta. Taking yeah, so Battlefield it. Hardline, um, the beta came out. We all played it to a certain extent. Um, the game feels good. It feels like a fun game. That's all fine and good. Um, I'm playing through the game. I run out. I'm on the I'm on the crooks, the the criminals team. I throw out um, a, a med pack, 
and the first VO audio that I hear, the voiceover audio is, here's a med pack, motherfucker. <laughs> and I, and I, apparently you were playing uh, 50 Cent Blood. Apparently in all the voiceover work <laughs> was written by Cat Williams. Right. And it feels like I was, I didn't have any, I was like, wait a minute, this can't be right. Right. I was like, this can't be for reals. Right. Yeah. And then it keeps going and it gets worse. And it's like all the weird kind of pseudo African-American vernacular things that you will just get thrown into a game randomly. And I was like, wait a minute, how does that even work? So to better illustrate and to let you guys understand, there's no one else better to do that than Sharif himself. Um, We're going to take a quick snippet of the audio from his video and let you hear it. We're going to do that right about now. They make it very distinct the way the cops sound and the way the robbers sound. And the cops tend to use, you know, these standard kind of heavy voice. There's a suspect here. We're going to take them down. Whereas the robbers sound like they're out of, you know, some uh, black exploitation flick. Um, even if they're not black, you know, it still kind of speaks to that. And in an industry where we're still underrepresented, both in the creator side and in what we see in games, um, it does sting and uh, comes out a little bit more. So let's start off with the cops, y'all. Um, let's see how they sound in this game. We need to take that area. Got one at the mine. Guy at the motel. Hey, there's one over by the motel. There's one by the gas station. Move and I shoot. Hostile suspect down. All right. So I think you got a good glimpse there of, um, you know, suspect here. Move it off, shoot, go down, you know, and to keep it real, you probably think of a white guy, you know what I'm saying? You probably think of the standard cop that you see in movies, TV, tall, big, you know, and all that stuff. You know, let's go to the criminals now, because it is amazing at how lazy and frankly incompetent um, the choices were in both the words that the criminals say and the way that they use AAVE, African-American vernacular English, um, to get their points across to the point where even if the criminals are not black themselves, you're still left with the image of a black person in your mind. So um, let's check this out. It's pretty damn remarkable warning. There is some not for safe language going on here. So, 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 so there is a, a little bit of what you're going to get if you spend your money on a battlefield hardline. And, yeah. and, and I don't know <laughs> what to do about that because I, it, it's so, it's such a stark con- contrast between the audio, between the police officers and the crooks. And the funny thing is I, it's. It's hard because then you then you then fall into stereotypes of your own, right? And you're like, black people sound like this, and white people sound right. like this, and da 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 da. So like, that's a hard discussion to have internally, right? Because then you then you look at all the internalized racism that you already have within your own self, and you're right. like, that's <laughs> fucked. Damn, why do I feel like? Why does that become a thing that I hear in my in my in my head? So 
the thing that bugged me out, and I, I ranted on Twitter about this. I made a hashtag called Battlefield Hardline Motherfucker, right? <laughs> because everything ends in motherfucker at this point. Right. Yes. Samuel Samuel Jackson. Yeah, they should have gotten Samuel Jackson to do the audio, at least for the at least for the crook side. Right. So grenade motherfucker. Yeah, it's basically that. It's like it made me want to just add motherfucker to everything, and I was everything. like, "Hey, yeah. Cicero, motherfucker, how are you?" Right. And I was right. like, "Motherfucker." I was like, "Baby, can I have some tea, motherfucker?" Like, it's yeah. everything goes with motherfucker now at this right. point. It's like you just add it to to anything, and it just works in the Battlefield Hardline universe. So the contrast is very very sharp. It, it did feel like it brought me out of the, the experience a lot in a weird way because, honestly, it, it's not even the fact that it's that kind of language that's being used because that can be used in any kind of game in which it's set in an urban environment, right? Sure. It's the fact that they added battlefield terminology and then just added the word motherfucker to it (laughs) it's like especially for a game that's supposed to be doing this real and gritty version of battlefield which is you know in and of itself kind of comical because it's like really like i just gave you a head a a, a med pack now all your health comes back so right so all this other crazy stuff and I was just like it's such a weird weird thing i wonder what the hell is going on in visceral's brain when they when they put all this stuff together do you have any thoughts on that man first and foremost uh so you know we got a chance to play the beta i really didn't want to like that game i really enjoyed it um i i kind of was upset with myself um because i really enjoyed the experience that i was having um playing the game the i think there are a couple of things that are kind of ironic after listening to the the audio again is that the police who speak properly um, sounds like the police VO is done by a black dude and then the criminal VO is done by a white dude adding motherfucker to everything. <laughs> um, the motherfucker's over there, motherfucker. Um, but, but like, it's, it's such a weird, it's such a weird, weird thing that they've done. And obviously... The VO is there to add some, you know, pardon upon color to the game. Um, and but it's, you know, it's definitely not there for to win awards. So I don't think they really spent a lot of time um, really thinking about the very the, the various things that they could say um, as they're writing out the prompts. I think they did get very, very lazy about it. Um, but but they didn't care. Like they are fully aware of what they've done, but they didn't care. They needed to, to uh, have some things that were out there that were some prompts that were uh, attention grabbing. And, and you know, when you add a motherfucker to the, to end, to the end of it, I'm almost tired of saying, yeah, I'm probably not going to say it anymore. Unless it's, unless right. it's for, I, umph. I love that word. This is for, for, umph. right. Right. But like it, that is, they, they were just doing it, you know, they just did it for, for shock value and, and because they were kind of lazy. The other thing that they were lazy about uh, that, that Reef uh, so eloquently pointed out was the, the intentional omission of female characters in, and their way of showing you that they have no intentions of ever, of ever really adding female characters um, via the VO. Uh, every, every person... You know, every time there was a pronoun used, uh, it, it was a male one. 
uh, and I don't even know if pronoun is the right word to use because I'm bad at grammar. Um, but but either way, it was you know it's just about dudes, bro. So um, that's that's also kind of whack. So if you are about first person shooters, but are also about inclusion. Um, then maybe Battlefield Hardline won't be the game for you because it doesn't look like there are going to be any women in the game. Um, yeah. But uh, great job. Great job by Reef. Um, I really look forward to watching and listening to more of uh, Hashtag Gaming Looks Good. Uh, stop trying to steal all the shit that we do. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the thing also before we, before we go there is like the thing that bugged me out is and and I guess maybe to a certain extent it doesn't bug me out because this is kind of what Visceral does and I love Visceral because Visceral did you know my favorite version of Dead Space so but they also do have this thing where they go for the shock value we've already heard the conversations happen you know and and some of the complaints about the militarization of the police and how they are kind of using their cops going over the top as as a marketing point. Uh, for their game already, right. so we've already heard that part of that conversation, which I think should still be continued. I, I I have my own feelings and thoughts about that, but then we can go into that at another point. But I think the the VO, I know, and, and all the people who are going to be like, "This is another version of social justice." Why are you talking about this? And I was like, "It's something I think and feel when I heard it. I thought and felt when I heard right. it. It's not something that just right. magically I decided to be upset about it, like." Right. I want what it, it, to a certain extent also like you don't even have to add other VO that is stereotypically something that would be, you know, people kind of like to go the opposite direction as well where they're like, all right, fine. So if you don't want black guys to be in the game and have and have them be the voices of criminals because they are black criminals, then go all the way to the other end and, and, and don't have any stereotypical mafia sounding dudes in the game either or don't have. Right, and I was right. like, you can have a middle ground. Like there are white crooks, there are Latin, there are Latino right. crooks, there are Asian crooks, <laughs> right. there are there right. are women crooks. There there are all these other people who do crime all the time that do, mm-hmm. that doesn't need to be the default voice for that for right. that mm-hmm. section of your game. So right. it's something to think about. It's not. I don't think it's one of those things that's like boycott worthy. I don't think it's one of those things that is like don't buy the game because I think the game may be fun. I don't know. I'm not going to buy it because I don't need that. Kind of, I don't need the battlefield game in my, in my pocket, but right. I think it is something that if you do listen to it and it does kind of bug you out or make you think, I think it is something that you should definitely, definitely write them, write at them about because I was doing my whole battlefield, battlefield hardline motherfucker thing on Twitter. And the sound guy from battlefield started to, started to at least favorite the tweet. I don't know if he was like, yes, I got it done. Or if he was like, right. <laughs> if he was like, maybe we need to kind of rethink that. So, you know, use your voices on social media for good. Use them to, to kind of let your voices be heard and your gripes be heard. And hopefully sometimes that stuff kind of filters through. Um, I would love to have somebody from Visceral on the show to talk about that or sure. EA, EA from the show, because I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Cause I think that to a certain extent, um, besides the fact that it's a, a decision that was made, I want to know how those decisions get made. Like, right. I want right, to know how right. that process works for, for, for the gaming industry, because 
there are so many people who are out here looking for work. The dude who did the dude who did the voiceover work for for Bastion, you know, Dave Fenoy. There's millions of actors who are out there who are doing voiceover work. But if the script is shitty, it doesn't matter. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You gave him a right. gritty sh- uh, uh, a gritty shit. <laughs> a shitty script to read from. <laughs> you got a you got gritty, gritty shit. shit. I mean, you have yeah, pumice in your butthole. Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. That's that's a sign. That's when you know I'm getting punchy and it's time to go. Right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that you should definitely again, use your wallet. Pay pay for things that you like. Voice your opinion on things that you don't. Uh, and even if it's something where you still feel like you're going to go buy that game, still, it's a, if it's a gripe that you have, let people know. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you should totally, totally do that. So, absolutely. Word. This has been a an amazingly long show. Uh, yeah. But I think that I think the, I don't know. I felt really good about this show. I feel like it was great to have some of these conversations, and we're going to continue some of these um, later on and on social media. So if there are things that you right. you know thought were out of bounds or things you thought we might have missed or got wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. Let us know about the Kickstarter conversation too. Like, what are your feelings on on how that how that stuff? Yeah. Work? Do you do you feel like I'm bugging out or see he's bugging out or we're both bugging out or I'm right and he's wrong like always? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Word. <laughs> so uh, can you bust out some social media business for the people before we get up out of here? Yeah. So first and foremost, uh, thanks again to Tremel, Tremel Isaac from Boss Key. Um, really loved having you on the show. It's a shame that you had to leave so early. You went to go eat your ice cream. That's dope. Um, um, you know, thanks a lot for, for hanging out and, uh, and dropping some pearls. Um, that was really that was really cool. Um, follow him on Twitter at ps underscore tray t r a y, um, and uh, check out everything that he's doing. And also boss key at boss key. I think it's at boss key. Um, it may be at boss key studios. It was so long. Yeah, ago, it's I at forgot. boss key. Uh, at boss key. Okay. Um, but our social media business is as follows. Uh, you can follow our great captain at Kaja Kins. Uh, that's Khalif Adams. Myself, I'm at Stubby Stan. The show is at Spawn on Me. The site is at Spawn Point Blog. And, uh, you know, our other site is at ESN. Uh, ESN FM. ESN.FM. No, uh, well, on Twitter. Oh, yes, it's at ESN. At ESN uh, FM. At ESN yeah. FM. So I got to remember that. Um, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, Dan the Robot is at Dan the Robot, and uh, remember to like and uh, like our Facebook pages, the Spawn Point Gaming Blog and Spawn on Me Podcast. Uh, just go to facebook.com slash group slash blah 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 blah. Like them. Uh, remember to like and subscribe uh, on iTunes and, and follow on. Uh, on SoundCloud and all of the other places, your aggregator of choice. When you're on iTunes, leave us a review uh, and rate us. That really helps out. It'd be uh, great to see some new ratings. Um, five stars, frog splash ratings, because, you know, we're dope <laughs> like that. Uh, make sure you email us at feedback at the spawnpointblog.com. 
Dan at the spawnpointblog.com, Khalif at the spawnpointblog.com, or Cicero at the spawnpointblog.com. Uh, keep conversations going. We can, you know, do all that stuff. You want to leave us a voice message? Go to speakpipe, uh, speakpipe dot com slash spawn on me. You almost messed that up. Leave us a speakpipe. Yeah, I almost messed that up. I fuck everything up. Um, leave us a message there. You can also leave us a message on this uh, spawnpointblog dot com and click on the little speakpipe uh, dilly dally thingy wow. thing. Um, before we go, uh, I want to give a quick shout out and uh, say happy anniversary to our our brothers over our big brothers over at Gamertag Radio. Um, they're going to be very very soon going to be celebrating their tenth anniversary. Wow! Um, you know, uh, yeah, tenth anniversary and and you know, independent podcast. Um, they've done incredible things, and I think this week, if you haven't listened to the latest episode of GTR 468, I believe Sweet it is, 468, um, they they have a huge announcement. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I'm really eagerly <laughs> looking forward to what, to what it is. Um, but yeah, uh, congratulations to you guys. Um, you guys have been nothing but amazing to us when you didn't even have to be. Um, so thanks a lot for that. And, and, you know, if we, we could be so lucky, uh, as, as to be, to have the type of longevity and the, and the, the type of respect within the industry that you guys have. So thanks a lot for mentoring us and, uh, you know, wish you guys all the best and the happiest of anniversaries. Um, and lastly, before we jump out of here, I want to give a quick thank you to the folks over at big sushi.fm as well. They've always been so, so amazing. They have a great show. Yes. yes. Uh, You check that out follow and subscribe them. They always are super, super helpful with, um, you know, me on the podcasting uh, producer side of giving great tips and little hints and and things that trying to get into uh, industry things and, 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 trying to share some of that knowledge that they've already amassed uh, over the time that they've been there. And, um, and uh, if you like uh, the guests that we have on our show, please tweet at them. Let them know that, that, yes. that, that you enjoyed the time that they had on our show. Uh, tweet at the companies that they work for and say that they, Hey, we have some people that you would love to have on your show or on our show from your company and, and let them know that that is a thing as well. Uh, Cause we want to, we want to, uh, build some inroads into getting some more folks that we really have been trying to look forward to. We have again some more people who are on our list, and the list keeps growing uh, every week of people that we want to bring to you and, and tell their story. So, uh, again, thank you all for listening to us, listening to us every week, and coming back, share it with a friend. And uh, this has been episode 49 of the Spawn on Me podcast. I am Khalif Adams. That is Cicero Holmes. We are up out of this piece, and we say peace. Hey.